Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the Geeksplain Book Club, the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club, where every single week I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Sarah Pacelli, Stuart Eminem, David Lafuente, and Mark Brooks's Ultimate. And, um... <laughs> And I'm joined by the only two men who I would trust to rid me of an alien parasite that one or multiple of our fathers developed in a lab and left for us as our inheritance. First off, we have the friendly neighborhood Jacob Brown. Ugh. And the spectacular Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. We are here <laughs> talking about volume six, volume six of Ultimate Spider-Man. And I'm just going to put this out here right now. There are going to be some opinions. There are going to be some opinions in this episode. So strap in. Get ready for this. Uh, even just off mic, even before we started recording here, some uh, some strong opinions going back and forth here between our co-hosts so this is going to be uh some people are coming in with fire some uh, people are coming in with brimstone com- coming in mm. hot real hot right now so real, hot. real 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 hot so this volume entitled venom uh is <laughs> give me one um is volume six uh of ultimate spider-man this is issues 32 through i should have had this up beforehand 39 32 through 39 that sounds right uh 32 through 39 yeah 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 32 through 39 that's what it is seven issue one yeah because last last volume was five and that's you know that is something that i don't really i know it drives you crazy it drives me nuts it drives me fucking nuts, folks, because I am OCD as fuck. Um, I grew up in an Asian <laughs> military household, and this drives me insane every single week because it should be very easy on where we're at, how many issues we're reading, but mm-hmm. it's not, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been this entire run. So Yeah, it's been like three... like probably six issues in one volume and then like eight issues in another volume and then like four. And then it's yeah, just... we, we had one of the volumes was like eight issues, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So as we are, uh, as we're getting ready here, um, gentlemen, before we dive into this, how do you feel about the symbiote and venom just as a character not not even just in regards to this story or the ultimate universe but just in general how do you feel about symbiotes how do you feel about the venom character how do you feel about the black suit malcolm i'm gonna go to you first so i think that's gonna be the very telling part of our opinions on this story agreed um i don't care about them for the most part i just don't i never have i just i've just never cared uh the most i've cared about venom i think i mentioned this last week is Agent Venom when uh, yes. they made Flash Thompson Venom. I think that's the, the coolest Venom. that Venom has been. That's the best Venom. And listen, I really liked that last Donny Cates run. I thought that run was a lot of fun. I thought they added a lot of cool stuff to the mythos. But at the end of the day, I, and that's the most I've ever liked Eddie Brock, is that, mm. is that run. 
because otherwise mm. Eddie Brock sucks. Uh, <laughs> like he just sucks as a character. Like no one cares. Um, so I don't care about Incredible. Venom. So that's why I'm completely fine and have always been fine with this volume, which I think makes, you know, I wouldn't say more sense, but I think it makes Venom a little more palatable for me. Okay. Jacob? Listeners, as the immortal godfather of soul, uh, James Brown once said, say it loud and say it proud. And <laughs> I'm going to say it loud Jacob, and proud. Jacob is Black History Month. Can't do this <laughs> yes, that's why I'm doing this. That's exactly oh, why I'm doing oh this. My God. You can't hit me with a James Brown quote. I was, I was yeah. like, I was like, is he really going for this? Oh, yeah. Is he going to say that Venom is black and proud? No. No, it's not. I'm saying... I'm saying... I'm saying I'm black and I'm proud. And I hate Venom. I hate Venom so fucking much. To the point right, where like, I have to use... That vo- no, Venom absolutely sucks. Like... From the first oh, time I, <laughs> from the first time I, uh, I, I, I didn't. Uh, first time I even saw this character was in the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, and even as a kid, I saw this character being disgusted and horrified, and being like, "Oh my God, there is no way that Peter Parker as Spider-Man can defeat this character." That's the overall reason I hate him is because he's just too overpowered. And so he could easily kill Spider-Man, but he never does that. He just, he just stalks him. He just talks about doing it all the time? All the time. All the time. And he never actually Ooh, falls oh, on I'm going to kill you, Spider-Man. Ooh, I'm going to get you. Ooh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Oh, wait, there's a fire. I know ah. Mary Jane is of your love, and I know Aunt May. Oh, I could get them. I could get them anytime, but I won't. I'm going to get you. I'm going to leave but, this paranoia. And but Aunt May lights a fire every night, <clears> so I'm not going to go in there. But, but yeah, I could. Exactly. I could. I could. I could. I, mean, I ain't I fucking with Sally it. Fields. That ain't happening. No, no <laughs> way. Absolutely. <laughs> Rosemary Harris, get off my back. Um, I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. That's why he doesn't attack her because she is always on guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was always, always ready. Uh, She's always ready. She's ready uh, to lay hands. Yeah. So, it's, but that that but to sum up, yeah, it, it just to, the reason why I just don't like this character is because he's just been overpowered and he just has never worked for me in the spider-man mythos in any shape or form even agent venom i don't like agent venom uh because it's still venom uh (laughs) even though it is a great cause and turn of this character there is only one media of this character that i've actually really accepted and believe that it actually fits perfectly and it's not in comic book or animation or movies it is the video game it's video games venom works as a video game boss or a playable character for me. Mm-hmm. Everyone is... knows the critically acclaimed Spider-Man friend or foe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say what you will. I played like the shit out of that game. Hey, yo. <laughs> the shit out of that game. So good. Still the best Venom movie ever. Actually, still the best Carnage game we've ever gotten. Uh but yeah, that is that is my opinion for Venom because I just I I I wish he never existed. So oh jeez. So <laughs> wow. 
during yeah. Black History Month and everything. So yeah, uh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, Damn. exactly. Damn. Yeah. So I kind of fall on the other side of this argument. Um, I see where both of you are coming from. Uh, but I mean, the dark reflection of a superhero has been a trope that we've seen in comics for decades. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's only appropriate that we get one of these. Always hated it. I I think it can be used well. It can be. Not always, Um, not here for me. But I think it can be used well. There are exceptions where it's used very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for Venom, he's always been... I just like say it that way now. I don't mean <laughs> I know to. this. I don't mean to say like Venom. Uh, you just gotta hold that M at the end. Mm-hmm. Just in your normal in your normal day-to-day. The whole <laughs> the whole, the whole uh, symbiote backstory I think is really interesting. Um, I did read that Kate's run, and I think that that, you know, and the way that it tied into um all black the necroblade the way it tied into yeah. captain universe is really interesting yeah i think there's some really cool stuff, stuff. There. plus oh, anything yeah. that references jason aaron's thor run i am gonna be in on right but exactly i on it i've always been kind of like weird about the origins of this you know the battle yeah. world stuff mm-hmm. why was it there where does it come from it's very um, inconsistent very like right. last minute you know like and oh so he suits it's... alive and it's like what okay. right and so that's why i think it's really exciting whenever the um the black suit you know storyline gets brought in because no adaptation for any reason is going to say all right guys let's do secret wars so we can introduce the black suit so <laughs> it gives creative teams the opportunity to be really creative yeah and how they bring this in normally it's john jameson that son of a bitch <laughs> and, <laughs> and for that this dog that mm-hmm. fucking lone wolf uh captain uh, jupiter oh <laughs> so I've I've been I'm always interested when the black suit gets adapted into different you know Spider-Man ad- adaptations, but I it's kind of in the same way like with Joker. Um, I feel like it's a crutch yep. for Spider-Man mm-hmm. stories or Spider-Man adaptations especially. They're like, oh, we're running out of ideas. Black suit, Venom. Like it's it feels really overplayed for me. Yes. I wish it was used less. I agree. Um, but that's it's it's spider-man's like superman is boring argument where everyone like you know when when they want to make superman quote interesting they make him a bad guy right it's the same exact thing with spider-man where when people think like oh well you know peter parker's pretty normal he's pretty boring let's give him a dark side yeah Yeah. and then that's so boring when they when they're like oh man you know there's been this big push and rightfully so for amazing spider-man 3 everyone's like give him the symbiote i'm like no no i don't need another symbiote story like give Mm -hmm. me a legit like story of grief give me something that andrew can actually like play with instead of like let's slap him in a black suit yeah yeah and give him mm -hmm. a reason to be angry like exactly also if they're gonna work this kind of storyline into that andrew garfield they already did it they already did it with harry osborne that the, the this this the volume that we're reading kind of reflects what Spider-Man Two ultimately becomes with the Green Goblin. You're yes. not wrong. Yes, there's a this lot. There's a lot of stuff that pulls modern. from that. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot sure. of similarities here. Mm-hmm. And so I was really interested to get into this volume because I this is 
more or less from the main ultimate Spider-Man comic book, what I know going into the story, because I played the ultimate Spider-Man video game. And for those of you who have never played that, first of all, you are hella missing out. And mm -hmm. second of all, it features Spider-Man and Venom. Right? It features yeah. Spider-Man and Venom. It was the best Spider-Man game up until Spider-Man PS4. It features Spider-Man and Venom as the main two playable characters. And the so time, it pulls... Right? right. Uh -huh. yeah. And it pulls a lot of stuff from this, as well as, I'm assuming, other stuff in the comics, which Malcolm has alluded to. And it comes so, after this, yes. It is very much a sequel to this story. And so I have always been intrigued by the idea of a Venom that is more earthbound, a Venom that is more a product of, you know, a cautionary tale on bioengineering and trying to find Yes, yeah. I think that's fascinating. As and everything is in the Ultimate Universe. Everything yeah. in the Ultimate Universe all comes from bioengineering, which is super interesting. It's very really Down to, listen, full honesty and big spoilers for the Ultimate Universe, even down to mutants. Mutants were completely yes. just a bioengineering thing, which is really Woof. interesting. Wow. And I think it was a really interesting thing. Wow. Like the thing that everything comes from uh, ultimately Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> As, it As it should. He's, he's the center point of the he's the he's the Superman of the ultimate universe. Yeah. Where everything, you know, everything history-wise, like for superheroes, kind of comes from Superman. Right. It's the same thing with Captain America in the ultimate universe. So like everything truly comes from that, that idea. Yeah. Uh, and mm. so I was really interested in the idea of like, this is, you know, good intentions gone wrong. And so coming into this, I was really excited to see how they would do this and also to see the characterization for Eddie Brock, because you don't get a lot of Eddie Brock's characterization in the video game. No. Yeah. You are yeah. there for Venom. Yeah, exactly. He's so, pretty gone at that point. That's right. Why. Yeah. And so I'm excited to dive into this without further ado. Let's do it. So chapter 32 opens up pretty much right where we left off, essentially, with <laughs> uh, Peter and uh, Mary Jane having broken up. Peter is doing the sad boy high school thing where you lay on your floor and stare at the ceiling and think of life. Gross. Um, hey, we all we all do that. I, never, I do it all the time. I, still, I, I'm 31. Same. I, I never lay. I've never laid on the floor. You've never. Oh, get the fuck out of here. I lay on my You're bed. Now. Go, that, don't lay that on makes, the floor right now. Go You're lay on the now. floor. We'll wait. Go no. lay on the floor we'll right wait. now. That's disgusting. Out, no, no, I'm not gonna out. lay. There, there's germs and all sorts of dirt that it's on. Do his you not back clean right your floors? Of yeah, course, I clean your floor. I yeah. Yeah, we'll wait. Go clean the floor and then go lay on it. We'll wait here. Oh, it's still gonna be ten minutes. No, my germophobicness is not going to get past that. No. Uh, well, for those of us <laughs> who have that life experience, I wear very socks. relatable. I wear socks all the time to never let my bare feet touch the floor. Jesus. <laughs> Peter's laying on the floor. He's dealing with the uh, dealing with the uh, emotional fallout. Yes, the emotional fallout of this breakup. We've all been there. We've all dealt with bad breakups. And at a certain point, I love that he like goes to call her and then just chucks the phone at the wall. Oh, yeah. As someone who back in the day could throw your phone at the ground or at the wall and then just pick it up and it still work. This was cathartic as hell. My God. My <laughs> yeah. God, was this real? What a bygone Ooh. era. Yeah. That was. Honest. I love it. No and, more of the landlines. Yeah. And he happens to throw his phone against the wall. And when he looks at where it shattered, he sees that there's a door 
hidden behind some boxes. Moves the boxes, and he finds boxes marked Parker. And they are boxes filled with his dad's stuff. Apparently, his dad was also Citizen Kane. Because Apparently. There's the, because there's the, the sled. Rosebud. I'm glad Rosebud. you mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> Rosebud the sled. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, I think this might be the only good part of this entire volume for me. <laughs> just this moment. Where it's just like, oh, fuck you, Brian Michael Bendis. Rosebud the sled. Thank you so much for doing this. So Peter <laughs> takes the box out. He finds a videotape. A VHS, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And he, you know, he heads upstairs. He sees, you know, Gwen and uh, Aunt May are having their, having their time in the kitchen. He goes upstairs to his TV with the built-in VCR. Again, that shit brought me back bygone era. Same. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so he turns, you know, he pops the VHS in, turns it on, and it's a home movie of him playing in the park, doing the same thing that he always did. Getting beamed with a frisbee. Beamed with a frisbee. (laughs) Talking nerd talk and getting beamed by a frisbee. Even little baby Peter's a frisbee. Don't you know there are 15 kinds of penguins? Wham! (laughs) Yes. So I'm convinced that Eddie Brock, young Eddie Brock did this on purpose. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, he's sure. fucking talking about penguins again. Oh, yeah, for man. sure. And so, but he's a tough kid. He gets beamed with a frisbee. He's just like, I'm fine. Like, it's cool. And so we see a young blonde boy who we haven't seen before. And as the, you know, videotape continues on, we see a full spread of people that we just haven't seen before. Yeah. You know, we see... A young Aunt May and Uncle Ben who are looking Woo! nice. Like, mm! like silver foxes. Like, that like, is one sexy couple. Seriously, like ridiculous. Like the way uh, she's on him, it's like, oh man, they're like. It's they, they are five minutes away from being day. like, all right, we're going to go look for the bathroom. They're yeah. absolutely that couple. Yes, they're absolutely. absolutely that couple that go yeah. wherever you go with them in public. They're gone for a good 10 minutes together. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also see in this spread, we see Richard and Mary Parker and another couple and their teenage angsty mullet ridden son. And all three of them are identified as the Brocks. The Brocks. And for the first time, we meet not just Eddie Brock Jr., but Eddie Brock Sr. as well. And we are given this backstory that Richard and Eddie Brock senior were partners. They worked on a lot of stuff together, but that they, you know, something happened. They had some kind of falling out. However, both they, as well as their wives, both the Parkers and the Brocks died in the same plane crash, which is tragic, tragic. And also Mm -hmm. weirdly convenient. So again, another thing, unfortunately, Unfortunately, a thing that Ultimate or that Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, <laughs> picks up on real hard, yeah, is making a mystery of Too the much. death of the Parkers. Yeah, <laughs> like, I it works for a I comic. I hate it for the movies. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Hate Agreed. it for the movies. Yeah, I agree with that. But it works for the comic. I think that's completely fine. It's great Especially, that we, yeah, it's great that we actually get this kind of um, story arc early on in here because of just like they kind of like glazed over it in the. Uh, amazing spider-man comics they, they kind of touched upon it like mm-hmm. the 
chameleon was a part of that and 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 but it really was just ultimately like brushed underside of just being a story of like oh let's just let's just talk a little bit about peter's parents for a little bit and not really give it a second thought this actually has some real constructive like um uh, characterization in it i actually love this i do like this part about um about this volume yeah and so uh peter gets the idea to reconnect with eddie brock jr he hasn't seen him in a while he barely even remembered him and he goes on his little computer and brian michael bendis doxes eddie brock showing off his name his phone number his apartment building living in Mm -hmm. one search found that's 44 tony stark building Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah Uh and he is they named the building after tony stark that makes complete sense and so um he calls him and he's you know they reconnect and he's like hey i want to show you this and so as we uh, continue with their conversation, and I, I love how cinematic this is, the camera love pulls how, back, yeah. back to the boxes, and right behind the photo of the two of them, we see Venom Project. I mean, this whole issue is very cinematic. Like even when, um, so when they're watching the whole movie, yeah, and then it transforms into, into like, the slipping scene. into the scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's so gorgeous and elegant and then shoots immediately back into just being the whole movie. Like, I, I think that's, I think that's really beautifully done. Agreed. It's, again, this book is a, this book is a piece of cinema. Yeah. So eat it, Martin, Marty Scorsese. So <laughs> Peter Parker heads over to Isu or Esu. And Esu. Yeah. Hoobie yeah. dooby. Hoobie dooby, guys. Esu. Whoa, check uh, her out. Hoobie Dooby. Hoobie Dooby. Hoobie Dooby. Early 2000s. Gotta love it. Yeah. Hoobie Dooby. Heads to the Tony Stark building, oh. up to the dorms, and he finds Eminem? <laughs> the unfortunate no, no. thing about all of these books being at this time is everyone has a damn soul patch. Uh, yeah. And you know what, listeners? I'm going to let you in, let you in on something. I had a soul patch for longer than I like to admit in end of high school into college. In I literally fact. can't even picture that dude. I can't picture. It was the just soul the soul patch too. It was just I, the soul I can't patch. Picture that. That's from, that's so uh, I think from junior year through soft junior of high school through sophomore year of college. That is That's so wild to me. I can't amazing. picture that. It's incredible. That is so, that is so good. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I thought it was cool. It. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Maybe one day I'll I'll do it again just for Jacob. Please. So <laughs> please, I need he, this. So Peter and Eddie Brock decide to catch up. They're, you know, Eddie drops some hints that his love life isn't great. And uh he gets weirdly like invasive about asking Peter about his love life, which is listeners red flag. Number one, we'll keep a tally as we go along here. Eddie Brock is a dick. Eddie Brock is a dick. <laughs> We're just going to play that every time we have like one of those moments of ding. Yeah. So we are currently at one red flag for Eddie Brock. That's so, one. Peter gives in and he tells him about the breakup. He's like, you know, I just, I don't know. And Eddie gives him this speech and he says, you know, all this stuff, the stuff you're feeling, this girl that 
this girl that, that girl this. Five years from now, not 50, not 100. Five years from now, you won't even remember her name. Swear to God. And at the time, you know, in this moment, it could be seen as older brotherly advice. Him being like, look, you have a long life ahead of you. This is, you know, there's a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he. They do a really good job of subverting that later. Yes. Yeah. A really good yeah. job of subverting that later. Yeah. And he so, also has a good point. Like Eddie has, she is very not wrong in. That's the thing. With it's the, a the, fair the advice. point. It right. is in his advice, you know, because it is, he's in a different, he's a, in a completely different setting than where Peter yeah. is right now. So it is very, you know, respectable yeah. that he actually is trying to like actually help him. Yeah. Hoobie doobie. Hoobie doobie. So he starts, you know, continuing to give him advice, telling him, look, like real life is out there. Like high school feels so important, but it's not, you know, as important in the grand scheme of things. And then he says, if I could go back to high school, man, I would have played it all differently. And that's red flag number two. What What do you mean? That's red flag number two. Who wouldn't want to go back? Wait a minute. Who wouldn't want to go back to high school and uh, and retry? I don't ever want to redo that. (laughs) And that's not what he's saying either. The look on his face, the look on his face, that's not what he's saying. No, he's got that. I would bang a bunch of different people. Look oh, that's fair. Uh, okay, that's a little. He's more, thinking yeah. about it in a horny, gross context. Uh, okay, yeah. which, which we will get more of later I, on. I should not totally did not pick up on that at all. Yeah, <laughs> and so they continue the conversation, and Peter unveils the videotape. He unveils the v- VHS and says, "Look, this is for you," because he's you know Brock mentions that like I don't even really remember what my mom's face looks like. Oh, and yeah. then Eddie I love says, this bit. I think this bit is perfect. It's really yeah. nice. It's really, really good. And he's like, you know, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. There's a pause and he says, you know what? I have something to show you too. And they head to the lab because labs are everywhere in the <laughs> ultimate universe. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie, you know, opens up this locker to reveal a black vial. It's, uh, and, you know, Peter's like, oh, what is this? And he says, it's our inheritance. And it is revealed that this black, you know, substance that's held within this beaker is apparently the cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. And he reveals the project that their fathers were working on. They were working on this essentially like a containment suit, this liquid uh this liquid substance that would bond with the uh that would bond with the wearer yes it's a back to tank yeah it's back it's, it's a it, it's a it mobile back to tank oh it's a mobile god. back to tank oh yeah. my god that's I a can't... great parallel yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's actually, all it is yeah especially for people who unfortunately have been watching book of boba fett it's 100 percent that unfortunately holy yeah, shit unfortunately. Yeah. i did not even think it's, of yeah it's that. back to oh it's my back god. it's a back to that's it's just fantastic. a mobile back to tank. That makes so much sense. And so this did I just make this better for you, Jacob? You just actually kind of broke me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> kind of we got him. We got him. If it was something like we that. got him. And oh so move it, boys. We got him. <laughs> we got him. 
And so he basically <laughs> says oh, that. Like, get down on the ground. <laughs> 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 And so, what are you doing in my um, house? Hands up, don't shoot. Oh, wait. Stop. Too real. Too real. Stop. <laughs> you can't be saying this shit. Jacob, it's Black History Month. You can't be <laughs> saying that shit. I'm so glad you said that. You I'm can't so glad you say said that. Because that. I wasn't going to say it. You can't say this shit. I already said my Black, my black History moment. So there you go. You've this now shit, had shit. two, and what that's mean? what I, you get. I didn't and get And I haven't two. had any. That, that was and that's that offensive was Malcolm. to Malcolm. Malcolm made that. Malcolm I'm made saving that it. Reference. I'm saving it for May. I'm saving it for May. I'm saving it for May. <laughs> Captain America: Truth and Justice number one comes out. I'm saving it for them. Oh yeah. So <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. So um, welcome to the Black History Podcast. Here we're uh, we're we're touching. Welcome. <laughs> All right, here. Welcome to Black Explained, a podcast within a podcast where Malcolm tells. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yes. Black Explained. Black Explained. Starting Malcolm. I'm, I'm, I'm setting up a whole network. Yes. Setting up a is whole that a thing network already. That's a good idea. Probably not. It, it Probably is not. Now. TM. It's now. TM. Uh, Geek Explained 2022. TM the fuck out of that. TM. <laughs> that is now a podcast within a podcast for this Geek Explained book club, oh where Malcolm God. gets the floor to literally talk about anything he wants. Oh my God! We just talk. We just explain black terms. Yeah. Like so, this is this week we're yeah. talking about what woke means. <laughs> <laughs> Tune we in next. I woke up. That's what it means. <laughs> Tune in next week where Malcolm continues to educate Jacob. And so, <laughs> he, and just, so, he just geez. explained it. <laughs> and so. Um, uh, Eddie basically talks about how they were getting funding for the project called the suit. And how it was one day basically stolen from them because Eddie Brock Sr. pushed uh, his and Richard's project into the hands of investors who did not want to do good things with it. And then suddenly they died after writing him this. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so Eddie basically says like, look... You know, I am still developing this. I think that it's something that we could use. I think it's something that can be used, you know, for a whole spatter, of, spattering of different, like, uh, of different cures of being able to help people. But I am still working on this. And, you know, he says, he mentions that the the reason that it hasn't been, you know, accessed or used for, you know, bad things before is that it's, specifically dna coded dna coded and parker asks like whose dna did they use and eddie says your dad's which means it's peter's cutting over to uh to high school uh peter is waiting outside school day is done when he is joined by Girl from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Gwen Stacy, who is uh, dealing with her own stuff, kind of settling into being a housemate with Peter and May, and wearing a shirt that just says "Prom is lame." Prom is lame. That's so she's tight. so cool. She's so, so cool. anti. 
she's so she's so, so anti. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's so anti. Like, she oh was she was part of that cancel culture before it was an actual thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. She she she's was she, she was the the one who would wear that T-shirt that says "Ruck Fools." <laughs> <laughs> you remember those? You remember those yeah. shirts? That's oh really that's a good pull. That's oh funny. man, that's awful. <laughs> that's funny. That's really so. I'm uh, showing oh, my age boy. there, listeners. So yeah, a little bit. Oh, so the two of them are you know hanging out, and she's like, "Hey, you know, are you walking home? Are you are you going to work?" And he's like, "No, I'm actually getting a ride." And at that exact moment, Mary and a surprisingly ginger again, Liz Allen walk out. <laughs> Liz Allen goes through so many hair colors and so many hairstyles. But to be fair, don't we all know that teenager? You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. And she yeah. often was one of the more popular ones in school. Like for sure. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I know Liz Allen. I'm I'm ready for her to try bangs. So that's <laughs> gonna happen. So yeah. <clears throat> and this is this is kind of heart, this is the fuck <laughs> fucked up thing. Okay. <laughs> so they go out there, they see Gwen and Peter together. And Gwen was already a contentious topic for the two of them leading into their breakup. They see the two of them together and Gwen steps closer to Peter, puts her hand on his shoulder. And I'm like, Gwen, (laughs) you're not fucking helping. That's what you get with the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. And so uh, she music cue. I already did the music cue, but I'll do it again. Oh, oh okay. So, <laughs> it, was, it was in there. I'm sure. Okay, good. So uh, they basically walk off, or no, they're they're staring at each other like yeah, frozen in time. And Peter's <laughs> like, hey, maybe I should go over there. And Gwen's like, no, stand your ground. Do not go over there. If she wants to say anything, she can come over here. And I I I actually love the dialogue here. He's just yeah. like, I hate this. She's like, you should. It sucks. But she's being a good friend. Yeah. Gwen Stacy is a good person. Gwen Stacy's a good person. Yeah. Absolutely. Which some of us already knew, but uh I won't get into mm. all that. Um, really quick, really, really quick sidebar, because seeing this specific panel made me think of it. I don't know if you guys are watching the after party. Uh no. it's no. a wonderful show on Apple TV. Uh it's a murder mystery. Um, a bunch Ooh, of people who I love murder mystery. It's a, a bunch of people who go to their high school reunion, uh, their 15th high school reunion, 15th anniversary oh, high school reunion. Yeah, uh, and there's a murder at that reunion at the famous guy's house. And so the cops are trying to figure out who did it and is questioning everybody about their night. And in doing that, everyone who tells their story tells it in a different genre. So the first episode is a romantic comedy. The second episode is what? a... Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. That's it's, fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the second episode is... Oh, God. Who, who, was, the, who was the second episode? I don't remember. The third one is a musical. Uh, the fourth one is like. Why a am I not thriller. watching this it's show? It's fantastic. Uh, but so it's Dave on Apple Franco, TV. That's why I am. You're right. I gotta get it's Apple on TV. Apple TV. It's, it's worth it. Um, yeah. So Dave Franco plays oh. uh, Xavier, who is the one who was murdered. He's the big famo now. Um, and this you didn't week's tell me this was an X Men. Was show. a. 
Stop it. Stop it. Dave Franco uh, for Professor X in the MCU, baby. Stop. Oh, man. No. For him Gave to be like, I'm going to go to Berkeley. No. Like, no. That's what happened to my see, legs? Anytime I see Dave Franco, I immediately think of that one line from 21 Jump Street. He's like, I was going to go to Berkeley. <laughs> like, I don't know why. He'll show but, all the X Men how to wear their backpacks properly. Exactly. <laughs> two straps. It's two straps. It's two strapping it. You got to two strap it. Uh, so in the most recent episode, in today's episode, uh, it's a big high school flashback one. And he gets a haircut that is exactly like Peter's, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's blonde on the top. And it's not, oh. it's not bleached. He says it's like chambray. Oh, yes. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's the ultimate Peter Parker haircut. Because <laughs> their high school moment takes place in 2006. I was like, oh my God. Oh like, my God. Is, he was you guys Peter be Parker. The party. It's oh perfect. God. It's so, yeah. and it's so perfect for him to be Peter Parker. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I was going to say like on earth four, Dave Franco was Peter Parker. Dave oh, Franco yeah. is Peter Parker and Peter James Parker. Franco is Ariel. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. We so we established funny. this. We established this in another podcast. We <laughs> Dave Franco has to be Harry Osborne and James Franco has to be Norman Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> this is my son, Harry Osborne. Oh my God, <laughs> James Franco! This is my son, Harry awesome. Osborne. That'd be <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's so amazing. Like, yeah, I'm his uh, son. You MCU know. make this happen. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I'm his son. <laughs> anyway, I just seeing the hair in specifically the panel of the I should at least go over and talk to like mm-hmm. it, it's that exact same haircut, and it's been driving me crazy since I watched that episode last night. Anyway, that's so funny. <laughs> But yeah, so they anyway, watch the after board. party. It's great. Watch the after party. We're all going to go watch it now. Yeah. So, so Apple TVs and now watch this show. <laughs> you actually don't need Apple TV. Yeah, you just need it's a snap. It, it's really yeah, it's yeah. Snap. Oh. It, it's yeah. a streaming service it's like, like any other. It's like six bucks, and honestly, it's other than Hobo, I think it's the best streaming service because they have the best like content. Ted Lasso, <laughs> baby. Hobo. So, believe. Always believe. So um they are waiting there. They're having this really awkward moment when they hear a car horn. And look who it is. <laughs> Eddie Brock. Oh, it uh, totally would be that. Absolutely <laughs> it is. <laughs> and uh, to, again, foreshadow uh, his red flags, he's driving a red car. Yep. <laughs> yep. He is a giant <laughs> warning for everyone around him. Oh, my God. So pretty much everybody who drives a red convertible is just a red flag for anybody, basically. Yeah. When it's related to Eddie Brock. Okay. Yeah. So she is, and Gwen Stacy is immediately smitten by the red convertible. She's like, that's your ride. And he's like, ah, come on. All right. And he introduces them. He's like, (laughs) hey, this is Gwen Stacy. Uh, Remember I told you about her. Can she get a ride too? Eddie Brock looks up into Gwen Stacy's eyes and says, absolutely. And bing, 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 we have red flag number three. He puts on the nice guy, Miklo. This is a really good like art showcase for Mark Bagley, where he puts on that nice guy face, like the meek kind of eyes. It's like, absolutely, you know, be like, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good artist interpretation right there. And also, for those of you who weren't aware, this is a guidebook 
for grooming and for uh, predatory yes. practices. Yes. So <laughs> yes, pay attention to this shit. So they all hop in the car, and again, Peter gets in. Gwen does not get in the back seat. She jumps into Peter's lap, and I'm like, Gwen. You are not helping. <laughs> you are doing this on purpose now. Well, where where is she fair, supposed to sit? There is no backseat. Yeah, there is no backseat. Are you sure? Yeah, there's it's no backseat. Right. She could have sat in the middle or something. I don't know. Either well, way. She wants you want her to sit on a it's, stick. It's not helping. It's not form helping. Of joystick, I'll tell you that right there. It's not. Jacob. Jacob. Just saying. Jacob. Jacob. Just saying. It was Jacob. Like, that's like an Austin Powers moment, right Jacob. There. No, that's what that no. is. Cut it. Cut you know it. the it differences. You know the differences. Austin Powers is an adult. Jacob, <laughs> it didn't happen. This didn't happen. None of it happened. <laughs> it's not making the cut. We're just gonna pretend that, that didn't happen. Well, so I'm just saying you don't. No, I'm asking no, you. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no defending at this point. We're moving on. So they drive off. It's like what? They drive off, and. Liz and Mary have a little bit of a moment where Liz is like, you know, I love he, this. he doesn't need anything <laughs> like he's nothing special. And Mary's just like, yes, he is. She's like, tell me one special thing about Peter Parker. She looks at him or she looks at Liz. Liz is like, what? Mary smiles. Liz walks away. I love that. That's good. Spider-Man. <laughs> Great dialogue. So they go to where else? The mall. And why is it they always somehow find the table next to Flash Thompson? I feel it's like they're big, picking these on purpose. Court. It's not yeah. a big food court. But there it's are only... people milling around all over the place. Like, yeah, but there's like three tables, like from what we could don't see Don't sit here. at a table. Yeah. I don't know. They're not even eating anything. They're just drinking. <laughs> yeah. You can walk with the drinks. So anyway, yeah. um, it's very true. he, you know, Eddie talks to them and they're having like a little jovial get together and at a certain point peter gets uh gets the time to go to work he says hey you know i've gotta i gotta work and eddie says oh hey we can go you and me if, if you want because he invites them to a reggae band that is playing that night and he's just like, oh, red he... flag number four. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> four red flags for Edward Brock. White guy like reggae. Red flag number four. Like reggae. <laughs> so that's red flag number four. Then red flag number five <laughs> is after Peter says, okay, hey, I got to work. And they're like, oh, sorry. And Eddie looks straight at Gwen and says, we could go. Just you and me if you want. Red flag number five. Red flag number five. Just what it is. And then apparently to offset how fucking uncomfortable he feels. I love this shit too. Decides to make everybody else uncomfortable by just coming out and saying, do you think our parents were murdered? What a conversation. <laughs> and, and Gwen's, hello. Yeah. What? <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> hello. Like, she wow. has no fucking like context for this. Way yeah. to read the room, Ed. Also, her dad Seriously. was kind of just murdered too. So yeah. like, it's a little bit of a weird choice. Oh, so they're they've got a club now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the murdered parents club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, specifically literal, the murdered dad's club. Yeah. Murdered dad's club. Lit yeah. Literal dead poet society right here. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> like right. <laughs> 
Great no, poll. Great no, poll. <laughs> You're welcome. So I got to go. No. <laughs> that's it for Jacob. And yeah, uh, thank God. That's a wrap. That's a series wrap on Jacob Brown. <laughs> so we'll make some coffee. <laughs> so Eddie and Peter go back and forth, and Eddie says he doesn't want to think that that is a possibility. And immediately Gwen's like, "Hey, what are you guys talking about?" I love that. <laughs> And she looks so concerned. Okay, we haven't talked enough about how good Mark Bagley is. Talk it. Yeah. Go for it. Mark Mark Bagley is so good. His his art in these books is so good. Uh I I just I don't know. Just the dramatic expressions that he does on the faces is wonderful. Uh his action stuff has been so clean so far. There is, I mean, it's my background, and we're gonna get to it pretty soon. But uh that page is stunning. Yeah. It is a stunning page. Yeah. Also, the covers are awesome. The yes. cover for this issue particularly is like Peter like in the black suit like coming out of like a goo kind of thing and it is yeah, like insanely cool looking. Yeah, it's so sick. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, I just think Mark Bagley did unbelievable work on this book. And you know, we we talked about it last book club with uh, Ryan Otley and seeing him progress and get mm-hmm. better. Bagley doesn't really do that that much. But at this point, Bagley's been drawing Spider-Man for years. Like he mm-hmm. he was a big artist on Amazing Spider-Man. He's one of the co-creators on Carnage. Right. Uh, you know, like he's been drawing Spider-Man for so long at this point that by the time you get to this book, like he's what ten years in the game. He's already a vet. You know, yeah. so like he's he's crushing it so hard, mm-hmm. and it's just a little bit of fine tooth work on there. You know, of a little bit of improvement, but it, it's just so clean looking, so awesome. And specifically God, what, this what this this page in particular, you know, with the three of them kind of sitting at the ball, uh, something that I really love about Mark Bagley's art is everyone looks different. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just the mm-hmm. same character with a different wig. No. And yeah. especially I think that goes for the female characters because yes, in comics, you will find a lot of artists who draw every single, you know, female character. It's just the same it's the same uh-huh. uh it's the same character just with a different hair color and a different dress yeah and right, right, right. badly yeah. specifically takes time to make sure everyone looks different you know yeah. eddie brock does not have the same face as peter gwen does not have the same face as mj like it's yeah. it's something that i really appreciate yeah eddie brock consistently has the six like moles or freckles or pockmarks i think they're supposed yeah, to be yeah. freckles, it's freckles supposed to be like, yeah it kind of looks like pockmarks I don't for know. sure it absolutely looks but like it's, that it's the line of three under the left eye and the cluster of three under the right eye yeah. and it is consistently like that every page and that's that seems like something that should be easy for an artist to do to have like that reference but it's not you know yeah. you draw a face so many times you're going to start losing that and consistently throughout this volume like that is a yeah. thing that's so cool. and i think yeah. that's wonderful like it, yeah. it's very impressive he's he's a great artist for sure mark bagley i love you man i'm sorry so, i made you mad at that comment one time what <laughs> i thought that's right i thought that's right so uh peter is uh peter is diving further into his their father's research going through uh the videotapes and all of a sudden he comes upon one that looks different than the others it's richard sitting in front of the camera He's, this is a very amazing Spider-Man scene, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. He is like, he's a little, you know, he's not as clean shaven. Looking a little, uh, what is the word? Haggard? Haggard. Depressed. Thank you. Yeah, okay. And he's basically talking about great wordage. Um, 
he's basically talking about like, hey, like I signed the paper for the wrong person and there's nothing I can do. And he goes, Ben, if you're watching this, you were right. I'll never say it to your face, but you were right. Never trust anyone wearing a tie. And this completely breaks Peter Parker because he's been I, dealing. Yeah, this is what yeah. he's been dealing with this entire series. He's been dealing with corporate bullshit. He's been dealing with organized crime. All of these villains. Nick Fury. Up to this Nick yeah. Fury, these organized people looking down on common folk. And this something snaps in him. So he leaves with his uh, with his Spider-Man costume, swinging through the night. Meanwhile, Gwen and uh, Eddie go to the uh, the reggae concert. And I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Cole from Critical Rants, who shared a page on Twitter and said what we've all been thinking: Spider-Man's webs are green. They're not green. There is no denying it. Look at this page. Look at this page. I'm sorry, but it it really looks gray. But you but you don't get to go from gray on this page. You don't get to go from no, they're not green. Yes, they're gray. To now, no, they're not. Yes, they are green, but they dry gray. You can't do that. This this one specifically, I just blew up this paint. You can't see it on the thing. Or listeners, but I just blew up his panel and it looks pretty gray here. It doesn't look green to me. This is green. Yeah, this is green. That, that is not green. That's, That's green. not green. It's totally gray. It's absolutely green. It's a gray, bro. I will continue to shout into the void about how green his webs are. Either way, he <laughs> really goes into he breaks into the uh, into Isu's lab and Isu. wants to take a little spoonful a little vials worth of the suit to work on. all of this is cinematically well done absolutely the pacing of this you can hear you can hear the tension going up in the orca in the orchestral Mm -hmm. score i also appreciate that in this whole sequence peter's doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing yes and the spider-man suit is blacked out a lot you don't see the full spider-man suit in full color like from soup to nuts it is blacked out in a lot of places yeah because he's doing shadowy stuff and i think that's a good visual indicator too again well done on the march and so he takes a spoon into the into the beaker takes out some of the fluid goes for another one and it spills a little bit just not even the whole thing just a little bit like if you've ever if you've ever made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich friends and you're holding the jar of jelly you stick the spoon or the knife, depending on if you're dangerous or not, into uh-huh. the jar. You scoop it out and a little bit of jelly gets onto your finger. That's exactly what happens here. And, and it feels the, like that, too. It feels yeah. cold. Yeah. And so the black jelly spills onto uh, Peter's arm and then spreads onto his body. This is terrifying. Like body horror. Absolute Cronenberg shit. Like, yeah, yeah. it's pretty tight. It is terrifying. Or, or for you hip kids, it's very Matrix. It's uh, Neo putting his fingers in the mirror, and then the oh yeah, and it just the mirror fluid just forms all over. It's the same yeah. exact effect. It's you know, it's really funny. It's like you said, all you hip kids, and I'm like, the Matrix came out in 1999, Malcolm. I don't know if that's a <laughs> yeah, movie. no, I know, yeah, and no, I'm I like, know. <laughs> I know. But then I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, there yeah. has been a more recent Matrix film. It has no one saw <laughs> it. The, the best movie that came out last year. Anyway, 
Time to fly. <laughs> Time to fly. So I lied. Whoa. <laughs> Yaya Abdul Mateen II is a national treasure. God, oh, so good. Get, give me a Black Manta movie. I don't care about ever watching. I'm down Man for the Black again, Manta, but movie. give me him as a Black Manta movie. Do it off like the most recent story arc that they did for Black Manta, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Give it to oh, me. Yeah, give it to me. So as this is happening, as the uh, Black Goop is just taking over Peter's body. Gwen and Eddie are having a great time at this concert. And oh, as wow. it as it kind of crescendos, there's this dark cocoon that has enveloped Peter. And after yeah. a moment, he breaks out of it. And I love the eyes that are used on this. I yeah. so love like, that effect. Yeah. On I kind of wish they had stayed that vision. way. Yeah. I kind of wish swirly. they had stayed in that like that shape. That swirliness that oh, they're trying to pull so from cool. itself like that. That's yeah, so did, cool. Did any of you when you when this ha- when this moment happened? Ever, just all of you. This just happened to me when I like read this. It was just like. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, this is absolutely the the theme for this for this volume. But I also <laughs> love how you can tell immediately that the suit is reacting to him because mm-hmm. he yeah. says, "I can't see," and then it slowly and then it starts. Him yeah. And then you turn the page and we get the iconic big eyed black suit Spider-Man. Yeah. No, no symbol. symbol. Yeah. Badass. No Way symbol. Cool. It's so really freaking cool. cool. Malcolm, it's, you were talking to, you mentioned like earlier. shadow, basically. Yes. Yeah, yes. He, he is given shadow. into the darkness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Malcolm, yeah. you were mentioning how cool this is artistically. Give this us the page rundown. is just, this page is just awesome. It's just, I, first off, like I love the smoke coming off of the cocoon in the first place like even before he burst out it looks like it you know it it was a cold transformation it was a cold moment but it looks like it has heat because of the smoke which is so cool it's got like that dry ice effect uh but yeah there's just like purple smoke all around them and it you know it's just just the lighting behind it looks like the moon is behind them to kind of give it that alien feel it just looks so badass and like he looks even more ripped like he looks like even in better shape than spider-man has been so clearly the suit is already doing stuff to him yeah um, it's it's super interesting yeah. uh i will i will point out later i do have one issue that i think should have been addressed we'll point that out later and it didn't uh we we didn't mention it earlier but the suit is supposed to enhance your body not just like cure any kind of ailments or cure any kind of yeah um, yeah disease it's yeah. supposed to it is a physical enhancer yes which yeah. i think is a really again what i love about the black suit storyline is it is a commentary on you know um uh fuck, what is it called um substance abuse when it comes to you know, addiction addiction addiction, addiction yeah, steroids yeah. the whole mm-hmm. deal like that's what i love about that performance enhancers run. yep yeah. performance enhancers like all of that it's really really cool and we're going to continue to see that so and the next chapter opens up with is that so that's the thing is this Please. supposed to be dazzler See, I, that's I, what I thought, but I also looked God. at her and I was like, is that Jessica Simpson? 
I, I think you it's know? supposed to be a Jessica Simpson type person. However, yeah. given it's the Marvel Universe, it would make sense for it to be Dazzler. But they never but mention yes. her name. They never mention her name. And Dazzler does show up later in Ultimate X-Men. There is an Allison Blair that is Dazzler in Ultimate X-Men who has a very different vibe. She's super punk. Um, um but, love it. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't even say her name or anything like that. No. Like you say that she's just like, There's nothing. She's just a big old pop star. Yeah. I yeah, I I was I was thinking it could be like Jessica Simpson or uh Christina Aguilera, you know, any yeah. anybody like that, basically. I was it's, hoping it's someone it, of that ilk. Yeah. So Jessica Aguilera gets into yeah. her limo. Jessica Aguilera. And That's a great name. I was gonna say Christina Simpson, but I like how Jessica Aguilera Jessica Aguilera was. sounds real good. So yeah. Jessica gets into her limo and immediately finds that her people have been tased by these hydro looking folks. And they're mm-hmm. like, we are taking her captive and we are going to ransom her for money. And as the limo, which has been hijacked, is speeding down the road, we see, I love. I love how they do this. Just the look yeah. in. Yep. You see <laughs> Spider-Man peek into his panel and he's like, all right, cool. So we're going to just fucking do this. And so he flips in. You hear this whoomp on the top of the limo and Black Suit Spider-Man rips open the top of this limo. Just with the logo. With the logo, which oh, yeah. I am curious why it didn't show the logo before and because also the why suit reacts this... to him more and so he wasn't thinking about that, that right my question is why this logo besides obviously that it's you know the logo the the venom logo yeah I don't know. yeah well again the it's suit is trying to improve upon the person that it's hosting so it might have been just being a little uh, <laughs> the suit thinks that this is a cooler logo yeah exactly <laughs> the, the suit objectively yeah. looks at the suit he's wearing he's like yo your suit is fucking lame i'm yeah. not doing yo, that spider I, symbol I, i'm not even joking i'm close, just my boy. serious that it's just like it's supposed to be alive right so why shouldn't it have a mind of its own so uh, the suit like the decides the to go full tan France on him and <laughs> update <laughs> his update mm-hmm. with the French tuck. With the French tuck, yeah. absolutely. It's exactly gives right. him the superhero the superhero equivalent of a French tuck and redesigns his logo. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. looks him right in the eyes and says, "Do you feel sexy?" At this? <laughs> and then when Peter says, "Like yes, like good," it's like good. I you have a nice bum. You have a wonderful <laughs> bum, and I want to show that off. Like, yeah. Queer I eye on Netflix. Tan. It's tev- seven wonderful seasons. God, Ugh. there should get be. What is? Get rid of Bobby, and then everything will just. Be what is getting, wrong with Bobby? I was not Bobby's getting the any lamest reference. one. <laughs> Bobby, get out of here! Bobby has one of the most interesting backstories out of all of them, and I love. Have you watched this season? So yeah. Spider Man is Bobby in has this gotten some limo. great moments this season. <laughs> uh, this is a conversation for later. <laughs> And that was Queersplain, the podcast within a podcast where oh, Malcolm and Eric talk qu- Queer Eye. Uh, oh, is that what you guys were talking about? I had yeah. no clue. The new yeah, sorry. We, we, we're, so, I'm, I'm still working on the intro I don't, music for that. So. I don't watch... Uh, I don't watch... Anyway. So good. So... Uh, <laughs> Wow! Thank you for getting us back on track, Jacob. So never, never ever heard such gayness so harsh, <laughs> which is hilarious coming from you. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Spidey hops into this limo after ripping the roof off and turning it into a convertible, and he's just like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" And they shoot him. 
Yeah. They straight up just shoot him, which for me in this scenario, right? If this wasn't symbiote Spider-Man, that's it for Peter. Yeah. He's been shot before. He now gets shot in the other shoulder. It's the other shoulder. It's the (laughs) other shoulder. He was incapacitated the last time he was shot. Yeah. So like, dude, you got to learn. You got to pick up. You got as a wise man once said, you got to be better at this part of the job. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Nice. Good pull. Thank you. Good pull. It's Black Is that another so? (laughs) No, no, that's the Spider-Man pull. That's the Spider-Man pull. Spider-Man pull. Donald Glover from Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, that's right. You got to get better at this. So. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm not a girl. I'm a man. (laughs) Great movie. Great movie. That's that's, that's very fun. So. uh, By the way, he's shooting. He's shooting like he's not shooting webs. Nope. Uh, that was another thing I Correct. wanted to point yes. out. That kind of but, we, but we don't get that immediately with that web swing in. It's only yeah. after this moment, after he gets shot. Because he gets shot, everyone's like, oh shit. And then the suit like bubbles up and then spits the bullet out. like Which is so So dumb. dumb. So dumb. So cool. And then as Jacob mentioned, he reaches behind him, does a little, you know, Kenny Omega gun sign and shoots out these parts of his suit, shoots out goop. Yeah. And just. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying he's a representative for Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, jeez. He's shooting out goop right now? Oh, jeez. No, you don't put this. This isn't like an egg. Is he shooting out goop? No, this isn't this isn't like the kind of egg where you put Let it up here. She's not going to remember hiring. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, I've never worked with a Spider-Man before. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Um, uh, we're just making all the references today. That's so This good. has been our most star-studded episode of the book club I think we've ever done. I think we're going to get canceled from how many copyrights we're referencing right now. Uh, it's oh, fair use. Yeah. So it's fair use. We, okay, yeah, it's fair use. All right, good. So it's all we do is parody. So uh, Spider-Man disarms everybody and goes to drive the limo. And it's like, hey, I don't have a learner's learner's permit yet. So can somebody help me? (laughs) I love that. Which is the which is the break and which is the gas. gas. (laughs) Jessica Aguilera is screaming in the back. So Spidey webs her mouth to stop her from screaming. Thank that God. was my first, it's my first clue of like, okay, not a spider mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. not a thing he'd do. Mm-hmm. And of course we get the classic, oh no, this speeding car is heading into a school bus full of children and nuns. And <laughs> as and but, him using the, the uh, guy's head to like to hit, hit the, the brakes, the pedal, the which is so good. Yeah. Also, Very I Ferris Bueller in that way. I saw a puppy, saw a puppy in, that, in that school bus too. So don't forget. Yeah, some, you're right. You're right. It's like a, uh, that makes sense. Orphans, school children, nuns, and puppies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they, fu- you know, he manages to stop the limo right at right before it hits the bus. And who's on the bus? Mary Jane. So Uncle it's it's, ba- it's oh, not right. though. These are, are sure? kids. kids. Are you sure? I don't know. It looks. That's like, the thing. It looks it unfortunately, like her. Look, uh, listen, I've had this. This has been in my brain for years. Okay, I'm please. pretty certain that this isn't because these look like kid kids. I okay. recognize that, but. We were just talking about how good of an artist Mark Bagley is. Why would he use that same design? I know. I know. That's I my think question. <laughs> I think it's 
a Aww. coincidence thing. Also, we ate our he own. He saved someone who looks like. Also, I will posit this again as a as a counter argument. As we grow older, high school children look younger. So these might actually be 14 and 15 year olds. Very true. That's fair. I don't know. Our old man perspective. Plus, look at this guy in the front. Look at this guy in the front, please. Tell me this guy looks like a child with his. No, like that's the teacher. How do you know? Because he's like receding hair. (laughs) Yes. So how is this children children? The other everyone else is like a child child. I don't yeah. think I don't so. I don't the know. the woman behind him is definitely not a child. Child wearing pearls. Why wearing would pearl. these that might be a candy be cane? School bus then, and that Peter's not with cane. them. I'm just saying there no are questions. That's that's the thing. There's questions. There's questions. That, that so that, is that this pearl. has literally been in my head since I first read this story arc. I'm like, I don't understand. Is that or is that not actually Mary Jane? That's fair. I feel like I remember her mentioning this, but I. Probably not. Because she, because she, she also mentions that she saw on the news, right? Yeah. That so, Peter was, and like she would have seen him right there. But so, we also don't know how long he's had the suit for at this point. We have. Uh, I think they could have been days. pretty well. No, it, it's the same night. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same night. Because then we go. So to, then I pause it to you. If it's nighttime, what are these children doing on the bus? Field trip. This is some. They have some field trip going on, but this isn't Peter's Maybe. school. That's the mm. thing. Lots of questions, lots of uncertainty, but we're gonna move on. So, <laughs> uh, Spider-Man helps uh, Jessica Aguilera out of the limo. Says his piece. He's like, "Hey." <laughs> He does what he does. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just for the record, everyone, we're just friends. And he hops up on the bus and immediately the cops point a gun at him. And he's just like, are you fucking whatever, dude? And he leaves. Same old, same old. And so Spider-Man, and as Jacob mentioned earlier, I think it's really interesting. He doesn't do his his normal web shooter uh, motion. He fires his webs out of his fingers. Which is really, for me, kind of creepy. unsettling. It's yeah. creepy. It's, it's creepy as creepy. hell. Yeah, it's very neat. Uh, so he's he's talking about, he's doing the whole inner monologue about, you know, him having this suit that's protecting him. And he's having a great time with it. When we run into this week's... Vibrator. Yes, I was hoping you would say it. <laughs> this week's fashion icon... Yes, the vibrator. And <laughs> we see that he's gotten some upgrades, including some new goggles. Yeah. He's working cool on looking himself. Goggles. He's working cool on looking goggles. He's working yeah, on he's, at look. He's yeah. a work in progress, aren't we all? Yeah. Guys, Absolutely. that 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 drop in that Spider Man does looks so sick. So cool. <laughs> looks so sick. So cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he, he goes in, and this was oh, the yeah. first moment that shocked me. Because <laughs> as you... Ah, get fucked. I'm, I'm here all week. That was good. That so was good. Um, he sits there, and as you know, the shocker works with sound vibrations to produce his, uh, to produce his blasts. Sound vibrations have traditionally been a weakness for symbiotes and so i thought 
oh, this is going to be the first test for him because this is the shocker. This is also harkening back to the 90s cartoon as well, which I loved. Exactly. And he hits him full force and nothing happens. I love that panel. I love the panel progression of like him hitting him. Then there's a shot of Shocker just like staring in disbelief. And then a shot of Peter like kind of just like vibrating like, through it. He's like, oh, whew, that was that was actually uh, quite relaxing. <laughs> like, I, I and I had the same face and, ex- and response as, as Shocker does the next panel. I'm like, like oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is bad. Like yeah, the, yeah. the whole sound thing has been a staple with symbiotes for a long time it, and they just took away yeah. a weakness yeah which worried me mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. and so spider-man disarms him with one hit as he usually does love that hops mm. away and so we get this montage of him you know dealing with different stuff he goes after this guy who uh shoots a store owner oh uh-huh. yeah And he goes after him, chases this guy into a warehouse, and we get, essentially, alien Spider-Man. With this guy trying to, like, slink through the hallways, and Spider-Man just, like, going through the walls, like, climbing on them, looking for him. Like, this is horror movie shit. Yeah. Like, when they inevitably do the black suit stuff for Tom Holland's Spider-Man... I want a sequence like this to sell the horror of it. Yeah. But we've already seen the sequence. Absolutely. We have. Yeah. But that's the, that's the secret sauce of it. But in essence, it's also, (laughs) and because of that, the response of what we get here is so much more jarring. So he tackles this guy and he's like, got him by the shirt cuffs. And again, quick flashback to, the guy who supposedly killed his uncle. And again, uh-huh. that ambiguity. I love it. I fucking yes. love it. Yeah. Yes. He sees this guy and all of a sudden, and you can already tell the suits working its magic on him. It's working its charms where he's all of a sudden like, you killed my uncle Ben. The guy has no idea what's going patch. on. You're not wrong. And it's because of the soul patch. Are you saying soul patches are the are the staple of sketchy characters. Soul patches are the star tattoos of the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. Oh my God. Excellent poll. Excellent poll. Oh my God. Jesus. So the guy not knowing who he's talking about, and I'm assuming, you know, assumes that he's talking about the guy he's just shot in the laundromat goes, I swear to God, if I had known that guy was your uncle and fucking Venom's out. So you don't expect that, right? No, I flipped my shit. Yeah. When you turn the page and it's full on like comic book version of Venom. Yeah. Full on just. You got the hit of adrenaline. Like, yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline and Venom. Adrenaline and Venom. So. Adrenaline Venom? So he is, and he all and we see the uh, the change immediately to now it's the suit in control because the uh, the text bubbles change, 
and he goes become very harsh and aggressive and like the, the it's black bubbles but the writing is white but very skinny letters like mm-hmm. it's it's scary very <laughs> very slime like yes. kind of like te- uh, font like you don't yeah. deserve yeah, yeah, to yeah. live you don't deserve your life you killed my uncle ben and then he goes i want to hear you scream and oh the guy is just like clawing for life because he is choking the life out of him a so panel of him clawing God. into his chest yeah and the finger streaks through the ch- mm. oh my god parallel to yeah. the next panel where he's just like i want your blood like it yeah. is terrifying and you could see like that panel is what gets me is that panel of uh venom just like screaming and you can see inside its mouth um oh my god i didn't even catch that you didn't see that yeah Yeah, that's so cool yeah peter is in there going like holy shit what is going on oh man that is awesome yeah isn't that awesome that is really awesome fucking mark bagley we're back on board we're back on board mark bagley (laughs) (laughs) never mind how you draw children we're back on board mark so peter gets control for just a moment tosses the guy away and this thing is just like like trying to get out of him like John Carpenter's um, the thing all of a sudden yes mm-hmm. or yes. um what is it uh from oh from Bacalo's Doctor Strange um, oh yes yeah um yes uh Mr. Misery what is that called Mr. Misery yes so yes. freaking cool yeah. yeah and so Peter runs off into the night trying to get this thing off of him and I love this next page. Full page spread, Peter trying to escape it, and just everything that he's been through just sur- swirling in his mind. So freaking cool. And he yeah. finally... There's a lot of, like, there's a couple of people who are oddly there, but really shouldn't be there. So like Daredevil! Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to address that in a little bit. Real soon, we're going to address that. There's also, there's also Wolverine next to the King. Hang on, that is hang true. on, hang on. We're, we're going to get to it. Don't worry. Hang <laughs> on. Just, hang on. There's, just there's a whole reference. His sister was just, a witch. <laughs> and who was her sister? Was her sister a princess. The Wicked Witch of the East, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to tell me I'm wrong? That I'm wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> she wore a crown and came down in a bubble. Down the bubble dog. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up, bro. So Grow up. Fucking awesome. love that video. All timer. So Peter is struggling <laughs> to get this thing off of him, trips off a building directly into power lines, which shock this thing off of him, and he is thrown from them conveniently in into a cemetery in front of the grave of Mary, Richard, and Ben Parker. Love it. Really cool stuff. Love it. Love it. And then we come to the next scene. Listeners, we have racked up five red flags. At this point, this shouldn't happen. Once you hit five red flags, you typically strike out, but not Eddie Brock. Not him. He's persistent. And so he's we wearing can... all black, by the way. Do you notice that? He's that a is fucking a good point. Slimo. I did not notice that until <laughs> looking at the game. <laughs> so him and Gwen are sitting in the dorm room. Door shut. Sock mm-hmm. on the door. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Oh, shit. That is a terrible yep. sock on the doorknob. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> 
I didn't even notice. Uh huh. Eddie Brock. Uh-huh. Eddie Brock is problematic as fuck. Uh, Eddie Brock is minimum five years older than Peter. Oh man, minimum. Yeah. Uh, they they say that he's a sophomore in college. Yeah. So he's yeah. so he's four. Yeah. I don't know. Like looking at the junior senior. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Looking at the video, like it he makes seems it much hard. older. Yeah, he seems closer to teen there than not. But you know, Peter was a late bloomer. He didn't really develop until he got the spider bite. So fair. So there you go. Either way, Edward Brock is a legal adult. Yes, Gwen Stacy yes. is not. Edward Brock is nineteen. <laughs> minimum. Yeah. he's minimum yeah. nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. minimum 19. 19 years old. Yeah. So they're they're hanging out. They're talking, and immediately. Red flag number six, because as they're sitting in the room, Eddie is giving her the same speech that he gave to Peter. And it immediately completely ruins any kind of intention or goodwill that that earlier scene had. Because this is a line that he gives. I I love that. I love that. Using that as a reveal. That, oh, this guy's actually full of shit. And he mm-hmm. fucking sucks. And he's got tactics. I, I, he's got tactics and he's a manipulator. And that's all mm-hmm. he is. That's all he does. I, I love that. Especially that we now have the history of like, oh, his dad, you know, like really was a bit pushed of a con for, yeah. was a bit yeah. of a con man and really pushed for the suit to be uh, produced and get like company funding and everything. Yeah. Like, his dad was kind of up to sketchy shit. And we see that the apple didn't fall, fall, fall from the tree. Like, I, I love that reveal there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you don't catch that, y- you're going to be surprised by the end of the volume. But yeah. if you catch but that, I, then you know exactly what kind of a person he is. Yeah. Speaking of catching that, I also love that they don't portray Gwen Stacy as dumb. Because she goes, I love that. You told me you told yeah. that to him, too. What is that? Your shtick? Yeah. And he fucking leans in to try and kiss her. And she immediately is like, hey, come She's on. Like, like, yo, what are you doing? like, no. And he and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm only 15, first of all. And then he says the fucking shit that enraged me. He's like, you know, I thought you wouldn't care about something like that, girl like you. Fucking over. Shut the book. I love, and I love that it, the characterization of Gwen Stacy is so good and so strong. Yes. Uh, now, to counterbalance this, because, because Gwen here immediately says like girl like me what does that even mean like what do you mean by that right mm-hmm. that to counterbalance this at the same time in the 616 uh regular gwen stacy is getting her agency taken away in a story called sins past and that's all we're talking about oh, that story. No. that's all we're talking the about same exact time that this book is coming out that is happening no and i, I didn't really realize love. the timing of that that's crazy it, it was it was about the same exact time it was that it was that during this, I thought it was way earlier when that. You know happened. what? It was. It was about this time. It was about 2003. Oh, you know what, listeners? Man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something. I have given Brian Michael Bendis a lot of shit over the last couple of years on the podcast, specifically because of his DC work. But I've given him a, a lot of shit. I have to give him major props for a power play like that. For taking a character that the Marvel 616 at the time was actively destroying for shock value. Yes. And saying, Mm -hmm. no, she is a fully rounded character who has agency, who has purpose, who has 
a necessary uh, place and role in the narrative. And I love that shit. Hats I off love to you, Bendis. I love that. I love his Gwen Stacy. I think she's an incredible character. She's super dynamic. Really, really cool. And fucking Eddie just goes, well, you came up here to my college dorm room. You come in all. And she says to hang out. She goes like, I thought we're, we're hanging out, but I see that isn't good enough. So, and she leaves and he just calls her a tease. Like what a fucking scumbag. What a He's fucking trash, scumbag. bro. He's fucking yeah. trash. Trash, bro. Brock. Trash, trash, trash. trash. Yeah, yeah, garbage. Yeah, fucking garbage. So good. As the door slams, and this is where you can tell, he says they're all the same. Never changes. This is not the first time he has done this. No, yeah. this that's this a is fucking some, problem. This is something he said when he said this. There was something like this. Re- this triggered something in me because I've heard a friend do say say something like this. But the way he said it was like, but he said like her loss, and I was like, oh, I never liked that. Gross. I never liked that. Yeah, that sounds gross. So that this that was the final straw for me, at least for 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 Eddie. And this. Yeah, the <laughs> insane presence of self is absolute bullshit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway. If you if you have ever said shit like this, get help. Seriously. Yeah, just listen. First off, admit it. First, it's okay to be wrong. Do first, something about it. First step to recovery. Yeah. Learn is yeah. Learn. To learn, to learn. Learn. Get better. Yeah. So Eddie turns on the TV and sees the news report about Spider-Man rescuing Jessica Aguilera. And he immediately recognizes it on oh, Fox yeah. of all on things. Fox. Of yeah. course, he'd be watching Fox, that piece of anyway. Yeah, he's probably so... trying to tune into Mad TV. <laughs> yeah, cuck. it's Saturday night, you know? Yeah, got cuck. <laughs> so Eddie recognizes this immediately, runs back to the lab to find Peter there. And he tells, and immediately Eddie puts it together. Skylights open. I love that he sees tracks. the footprints. Yeah. And he looks and then at clocks that Peter doesn't have shoes on. So good. Yeah. And so he explains to him, or he's trying to explain, Eddie's lashing out at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how could you do this? And Pete just straight up picks him up one-handed. And just then, his reaction to get him like off him too. That's yeah. what's like so sad. And so the two boys are having a conversation explaining themselves peter goes through this big monologue which is i'm usually not a fan of just walls of text in comics this era of bendis specifically does it best yes this is a time where i think it's utilized really well Mm because you get to see his whole thought process throughout the entire thing really well done um and Peter basically says, look, we got to destroy this thing. It's dangerous. And Eddie looks at him and is like, this is all I have left. Like, this is all I have of my dad. And he says, I recognize this. I know exactly how you feel. But I almost killed somebody. We need to get rid of this. And I love the resignation here when Peter's like, okay, I'm going to go destroy this. And Eddie's just like, it's not like I can stop you. 
so, so harsh. Yeah, it's. I, I love this, this whole conversation. This, it's yeah. so this, good. The end of this conversation is like my favorite part. Yeah, it's so good. And he's basically like, "Do you believe me that I made a mistake and I'm sorry?" And he says, "Yes." He's like, "Do you believe me that this is dangerous?" He says, "Yes." He says, "Do you believe me that if I could rewind the last two days, that I would have done this differently? That I would have come to you and we would have figured this out together?" And he does not respond. And scowls at him, like gives him a look. Yeah. yeah. Fucking dirty look. And Peter says, Eddie, no one knows what I've told you. No one knows who I am. Not Gwen, Aunt May, nobody in, in the world. And he's like, this is how much our friendship means to me. I want you to know that you matter, that I'm sorry for betraying you. Peter Parker is a good person. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eddie's just like, look, just, I got to. I got to ingest this. I got to process this. Go do what you got to do. So Peter goes, he takes the beaker, heads out, drops it into a smokestack to be destroyed. Then he goes home. Goes home, gets dressed in his own clothes, not clothes he pulled out of a garbage can. And uh, (laughs) finds Gwen was waiting up for him. And he's just like, oh shit. And he's like, well, you know, PTA meeting is where Aunt May's at. And she's like, have you talked to Eddie? He's like, what? Did he call? He's like, don't know. Did you talk to him? He's like, no, I haven't. And she lays it down. She's like, between me and you, your little boyhood pal's a dirtbag. And he is shocked by this, but she lays it out. And I love this conversation. Because we just said that Peter is a good person, and he is, but that does not make him infallible. Nope. Peter, does, Peter is a teenage boy. And that, and that does not make him immediately sympathetic to Gwen, which is something that unfortunately we see too much of in situations mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Victim blaming yeah. is a very real thing that happens all the time, and it's terrible. You know, she says... Uh, He totally brought me up to his dorm room and tried stuff. And then he got, you know, like a guy when I wouldn't let him. And he's like, you didn't. And she just, she's like, no, my dad just died, man. Like, it's one of those, again, it's a very real moment. And that's something that Bendis, just as much as, and we talked about this a lot last season um, with Robert Kirkman's dialogue, feels very real. Yeah. It's a very yeah. real conversation. This is a very real conversation. Yeah. Uh, even down to the fact that she never explicitly says he tried to kiss me or he tried to touch a boob or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She specifically just will repeat tried stuff. Tried stuff. Yeah. That's a very that's a very processy way of speaking. Yeah. Uh, it's it's little things like that really go a long way. She says, you know, my dad just died. I told him that, and he still goes and tries stuff. And when I said, no, get the hell off me, he didn't kick me out, but he might as well have. What a scuzzball. She says, I'm just saying, I know he's your old childhood buddy, but the guy's a herb. Herb. And he said, you know, I think he's mad at me anyhow, so who knows? She's like, guys like that. And you can see that that the comment he made is like, girl like you has stuck in her craw uh-huh. yeah and this was this was a moment because she she goes and she's 
you know, he says, you know, it doesn't mean he's all bad. He just made it. She's like, trust me, I have an almost superhuman sixth sense about these things. He's a bad guy. This brought me back because there was a, there's, there's this, you know, um, when I was a kid, my parents, you know, had, you know, friends and sometimes I would go and meet their kids. And when we were, I believe we were still living in New Mexico at the time. Um, my parents had these family friends who, uh, they would go out and go clubbing and stuff with them and their, uh, their sons, uh, Damien and David would watch me because I was, I was, I was a kid Mm -hmm. while they went out and both of them were in high school at the time. And, you know, I just thought they were the coolest fucking people. I just thought they were the coolest people. Damien was the one that introduced me to Kingdom Hearts. He let me play Kingdom Hearts for the first time. That was how I got into that game. Nice. Um, but I thought, you know, and the more that, you know, our parents would go meet up and hang out and everything, uh, Damien was getting ready to go to college, so I didn't see too much of him. But I always hung out with David, and I thought David was the coolest fucking guy. He, he liked anime, liked video games. We were super cool. We were super buddies, and he, you know, he talked to me like an adult, and he treated me like an adult or I guess the teenage equivalent of an adult. And um, there was, I I worshiped this guy. I thought he was the coolest dude. I was like, when I'm a teacher, I want to be like this kid. And there was a time when he was watching, and I guess this must've been in Colorado when I was living there. He was watching me and my little cousin, Boston at the time, who was, you know, much, much younger than me. And, you know, kids at Boston's age, you know, they go through like being, wacky and shit and like they get they get to be a a little much kids are obnoxious sometimes Mm -hmm. and um there was a point where he kind of wandered off and david was watching both of us i was playing a video game so he's like i'm gonna go find him and a couple minutes later you know boston comes running out and he's like crying and everything i have to go console him and i found out that you know boston's being you know Apparently the situation was Basa was being really just obnoxious and David grabbed him by the shoulders and said, if you don't stop, I'm going to burn you. And that shit. uh, Jesus Christ. You you can't say that to a kid. Like you just can't. No, 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 no. After that, and I didn't find out about that until much later, but after that, didn't see him again. Yeah, that's it. Scorched earth. Yeah. Scorched earth. Jesus. And uh, Mm -hmm. when my... When my aunt, who was Boston's mom, told me about that, it shattered my like perception of him, of like what I valued, of like, and I'm just I'm just a kid myself at this point, but it was very much that you know never meet your heroes kind of situation, and yeah. this really got me that because of that. the similarity yeah. of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it hit me really hard. Yeah. Jesus. So. Um, yeah, so this this whole conversation, I was just like, "Fuck, dude!" I had to set this down a little bit because it like it hit me right, all that. right, yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, thank you for sharing, by the way. It's yeah, amazing. I just, I just, seriously, you know, yeah. we're, ta- we're talking about, you know, we're going through this, and we have none of us have shied away from personal experiences when it comes to comics, and that's something that I love about storytelling and about fiction yeah. is that yeah. we can all you can connect get on the same level yeah we can connect with it and connect with each other through it so our life experiences tell the stories of what we read basically you know yeah absolutely so 
the conversation between Peter and Gwen ends. They, you know, she leaves it off that he's a bad guy. And then we cut back to 43 minutes ago. To Eddie being a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what she said he was. That is a beautiful segue. That's a perfect endpoint. It's specifically yeah. Peter's face of like astonishment of like, wait, like I, I never thought about like, what if Eddie's a bad guy? And then we immediately see, right. Eddie's a bad guy. Eddie, as soon as Peter goes off with the sample, Eddie's walking down the hall, notices that Peter's gone, and then doubles back, and then goes to another of the uh, little cold storage things in the lab, says he did it. Little jerk took it. Goes to another one, and, you know, is talking. First off, the mutant phobia uh, in the Ultimate Universe is very strong. Very, very very strong. It was a little harsh. Um, Very real. Which, again, is really interesting, because in the 616... It was almost mutant hysteria. Like Grant yes. Morrison's X-Men was going on at this time where it was yeah. making yes. X-Men in vogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking yes. about mutant appropriation. Exactly. Talking yeah. about exactly. like, you know, but continue. Mm-hmm. Sexy, but make it mutant. Yeah. Sexy, but make it mutant. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. mutant, but make it sexy. Mutant, but make it sexy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So Eddie, Eddie, you know, goes to another uh, cold storage thing, opens it up. It's talking about, you know, 15-year-old mutant coming into my life and telling me things, things I don't have a brain in my head. We don't keep all the specimen together. Keeps them separate. Yeah. And so he goes and he opens it up and it's another entire jar of the goo. Yeah. And we know that it's not key to his DNA because he said it's Peter to Peter's. Yeah. yeah. Peter's dad's. But what does Eddie do? In a real gross, in a really gross way too. Yeah. This is staged in a very disgusting fashion. Yeah, of him taking his two fingers and like you tell, he's kind of like looking at his two fingers and just sticking in it. Like it's a gross it's way gross. that he's doing it. Yeah. yeah, and that's the end of that issue. And that's that's though beautiful. I want. I also want to say like I, I really appreciate the writing in this because I didn't expect this. I was surprised when he threw it through the sample into the mm-hmm. smokestack, and it's like, oh, is that it? Or does mm-hmm. it like survive the fire? What's going on? And when he says, like, you know, it's an ongoing experiment, you toddler, you keep the specimens separate so you can keep your figures straight. And I'm like, fuck, I know that. Like, it's <laughs> science experiment 101. You yeah. have variables and you have constants. Science. Like, so freaking cool. Science. Really love the setup for that. So. Science, bitch. Um, yeah. Is Eddie Jesse Pinkman? Uh, so we <laughs> cut to... You know, with a beanie on? Yeah. What do you mean? You mean you, wait, do you mean Tom Cruise's uh, uh, brother-in-law? Tom Cruise? That's a very specific Mission Stop. Impossible. Wow. Stop. <laughs> Dumb. Wow. That was... What was that? What was that, three? Oh, three, God. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. he plays Get Julia's brother. We yeah. have so Nailed many it. deep cuts in this episode. So listener. many. If you have lost us at any point, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. We'll try and keep it back to Spider-Man. <laughs> so uh, Spidey is having another dream, again, colored deliciously to look like the covers. I um, love this. Transparency he... Digital is specifically uh, listed as the colorist in this issue. Nice. I haven't looked at the other ones. 
but I love this one specifically is Transparency Digital because boy, do these colors look real interesting. They yeah. pop. Can you imagine if the book looked like this all the time? Like it'd be wild. Yeah, I don't it know if I'd really like crazy. it if it looked like this all the time. Yeah, no. I don't think it I would like it. It works so well for a dream sequence. Yeah, like makes it feel so surreal. Yeah. yeah. And so we see, you know, that scene where he, you know, almost killed that guy, except the guy turns into multiple people as they're wrapped mm-hmm. around as they're wrapped around uh or as the symbiote wraps around them first it's the guy then it's the guy who maybe killed his uncle then it's richard parker then it's eddie and all of a sudden pete wakes up it's raining thunderstorming outside and he goes to see mary jane knocks on the window and this is the first conversation they've had since the breakup yeah you know he meets her in the garage and the two of them have this really awesome conversation. This it's, is beautiful. And it's not awesome yeah. because it's like, oh, everybody succeeds. It's awesome in how mm-hmm. tragic it is because they are at an impasse in their relationship. They are not on the same page. And it's terrible. There is at the bottom of this first page of them in the garage, there is a perfect mirroring effect. You're absolutely right. I never, I didn't even pick up on oh, that. Yeah, those yeah. five panels. That's gorgeous. So, so perfect. Ah, I, I, again, the art in this book is amazing. It, Incredible. It's very, it's very Alan Moore, even though it's not symmetrical. It's very Alan Moore, like, yeah, it's symmetry. very, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Mark Bagley's hand or eye. So <laughs> they're talking, they're kind of filling each other in on what's been going on. And at a certain point, it turns into like, you know, Hey, you know, I saw you with, you know, saw you catching rides with college guys and you're with Gwen all the time. And he's like, no, like nothing is going on with me and Gwen, nothing at all. And then there's this pause. He's like, are you seeing anyone? And she's like, yeah, Liz Allen. And for a moment, I was like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) progressive comics in early 2000s. But no, it's a joke. And. Damn I it. love his he's like because he had the same reaction he's like really and she's like you really? wish <laughs> and she confirms that she's not seeing anyone and then he fills her in on what happened and says that you know look I, I'm and he apologizes which he didn't do during their fight yeah yeah he says like I would never do anything to make you feel bad or worthless or like I'm ignoring you if I had known and I'm sorry I never asked it's a beautiful conversation and he says you know i want to be there for you i i am here i am here and i'm in love with you and this is the first time he says it i think mm-hmm. yeah and she doesn't know how to respond he's like yeah i i get it she's like i'm so scared he's like i know and she says this isn't a normal life peter these aren't normal things and he doesn't have a have a response for that so he leaves beautifully tragic scene it's such a sad scene yeah it's like, so sad yeah. this i would love to see adapted yeah this is a yeah. scene i would love to see adapted mm-hmm. it's something that can't really be adapted right now or i guess it could unless you recast it unless you guess, put a different i mean you you could though maybe maybe <laughs> there, there would be a little bit of hoops you'd have to Given, go through to get here yeah. but yeah. maybe this feels like something this feels like something in the amazing spider-man 
that this it would does. fit most. Yeah, by okay. the way, they're, they're bring dynamic. back Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Oh my Howard. God. Eric, I could kiss you on the mouth. You cowards. <laughs> bring back yeah. Shailene Woodley. One million percent so agree. excited for her to be Same. I was so excited. Same. And then when, they cut, when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, I was like, where is she? Yeah. Yeah, what like, the hell happened? I saw those photos of her working at the coffee bean. Where the is the like, redhead? <laughs> so mad. So, yeah. so mad. So if they do Sam Amazing Spider-Man call 3. Call me if you want to, you know, ditch Aaron Rodgers. And, uh... <laughs> is she dating uh, Aaron Rodgers? Gross. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's her one big fault. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, we're birthday twins. I, that's are you? Here. That's cute. cute. Not the same day. She was born a year after. Interesting. Even, even better. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> that, okay. We just had that moment. So sure. Peter leaves, and just like this conversation, we're going to cut to something else, where <laughs> we see uh, the janitor. She is making her way, cleaning the lab, and she happens upon. A black cocoon in Ugh. the lab and this it is, is horrifying this yeah. is thing shit this is carpenter's yeah. thing yeah. yeah where it's like where with peter it immediately bonded to him created the suit and you know the swirling eyes and everything this is just like bubbling and it's not bonding with him correctly and yeah. it's like uh Angela, so that's you... that's that's what I love about this version of Venom. Yes, is that it, yeah. it gives a reason for Venom to be a really twisted, evil, scary thing. Yeah, which he he's the he's his most monstrous looking. We're gonna get to that, for but sure. he's his most monstrous looking in this book. Yeah. But it makes complete sense because it's not key to his DNA. Not yeah. just because the suit wants somebody else, because it needs somebody else. Yeah. As of right now, the version that it is right now, it needs to be with somebody else. And there's no stability. There's no stability. It won't hold. Yeah. Which means it's I'm assuming chaos. that it needs to feed. <laughs> and exactly. He immediately goes and feeds on the janitor. Poorly. Hungry. Poorly. The only interpretation of Venom that actually eats people until Mac Gargan. Because oh. this is before Mac Gargan Venom. Yeah. True. So this is the only version. So this is where that always comes from. Yeah. People yeah. have to people have to give this credit. They have to. Yeah. So we get a moment of silence after he eats this woman and then Eddie pops out and this is the moment where as a reader you recognize, "Oh, if he wants to have the same kind of bond with it that Peter does, he's going to have to keep doing this." Mm-hmm. And so the the suit seems to settle for a moment into this hulking version of Spider-Man, of the exact same suit that we saw when it bonded to Peter. Still a monster. Still a monster. Yeah. Still gigantic. Massive. And yeah. he's like, suit's breathing for me. Just let it. I'm I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And he's like, it's eating me. What did I do? It's eating me. Two cops roll in and he just like, oh, so fucking cool with the teeth the teeth all around teeth. Like, yeah. yeah yeah the teeth coming out all over my in the mouth it's all over the place yeah, yeah. Is cool. this is That's like gross. what jacob said like this is carpenter's thing like this is yeah. terrifying it's so scary so he- i just learned of the spider-man 3 thing uh where there was an alternate 
uh, version of Spider-Man 3, where at the end, uh, when the Venom suit leaves Eddie, it was going to leave Eddie Brock a skeleton because it oh, was yeah, yeah, eating yeah. on him. Oh. I didn't know about that until last night. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. That would have been, been so sick. That would have been like, so sick. have it open up and it's just his skeleton face and then the skeleton just poops out. Just, yeah. And that's very much because it needs to feed on people if it's not Peter. Yep. And that's, again, very just this, which I yeah. think is a really cool idea. Yeah. So meanwhile, at Midtown High, everyone is in, in class. It's raining. It's stormy outside when all of a sudden Peter's spidey sense goes off. And I love that happening. he freaks out too. I love that he's like, oh yeah. my God, why would my spider sense be going off? Oh no. Also, I'm losing it. This I'm is, losing my mind. Nick Drake's going to lock me up. Yeah. yeah. This is also incredible because up until this part, a point, like the Venom suit has blocked off his spider sense for a good, uh-huh. for a good reason. The fact that it worked and he looks out and sees that shape, it was just like, oh, okay. So it didn't get so all they are, his abilities. And in that, in that case, I guess they are balancing the scales by taking away that sound weakness in that yeah. way you can now sense it. Yeah. And I love this. Peter yeah. looks out the window. And again, we talked about it being cinematic. Like he just sees this shape outside. And the lightning crash. Lightning crash. And, and then it, is, it is straight up Carpenter's thing. Yes. Like, yes. And it just uh, roars off into the night sky. And Peter's this like, monster. And Peter says, like, I gave it memories to build on. The costume has a biological memory. I thought it just died. I thought it disintegrated, electrocuted. And now it's here. And it doesn't even know why. He jumps to a conclusion. Not knowing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love it. But it's it's a very logical conclusion, too. Absolutely. That's the thing. And so he pulls up his hoodie and he leaves the room and we get the intro stage of the ultimate spider-man video game Mm -hmm. this shit i got goosebumps Uh, (laughs) in rereading this i was like yeah this is the beginning of the game i got oh they're gonna lose their minds (laughs) this was accompanied by youtube shuffle going into achilles come down by gangs of youth listen to it (laughs) okay the violin is i'm just gonna I just wanna I just wanna play the violin intro. <laughs> <for you. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know do you know that, that that score is not available like on iTunes? Oh, it's I was not, looking yeah. for the Spider-Man 3 Dan, score and it's yeah. not a thing. Because Danny Elfman Danny didn't Elfman. do it. Yeah, it's by Christopher Danny Elfman and had grown, Oh shit, that's had, right. Yeah, because he had such a bad experience on Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man on two, two right? that's yeah. right that they had yeah. split. Oh, yeah. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot damn of, it. A lot of the music from Spider-Man 2 was redone by Christopher Young. Yeah, um, that's right. Too. Yeah, so that's why. God, that yeah. Spider-Man 2 soundtrack is so good. It's the so, score. I mean, all that three, score is, all so three of those scores are all really three, good. Yeah, me all me three too. scores, all three soundtracks. All three soundtracks. Uh, I've, I had to single-handedly download and find all of that score of Spider-Man 3 in order to, like, fully yeah. appreciate it. Actually. I may have to do that because I, yeah. I, in reading this, I was like, God, I really want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so, good. so right when this hits, right, right when the, uh, the lightning starts and Peter goes outside, God damn it. YouTube, 
YouTube, don't you fucking do this. All I hear the ads. So I hear this. Ooh. Ooh. That's good violin. Like, and you see, yep. and it is cinematic. Yeah. As That's fuck. good. That's yeah. good. Cinematic That's a, as fuck. That's, That's good. good Storm's coming down, and he's just standing there against essentially his sins. Yes. 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 Sins of the father. If this is the sins of the sins, father. This sins is of the, the father. Sins of the son. For yeah. Venom that works. Yeah. God, yeah, yeah. It works so well on a cathartic level. Yeah. Uh, best uh, version of Venom behind good... Agent Venom. Yes. This... Thank you. Yeah. There's Thank a reason. You. Mm-hmm. Why the maker in the Donny Cates run was like, Has I gotta get go back and go with more of this. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good shit. And you know what? I didn't get it at the time when I was reading that Donny Cates run. But now, now I you're get about it. that shit. Now I get <laughs> it. Since he has it in literally the same exact yes! like, cylinder thing, you're ah! like, oh, that's <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> yes. I was the only person to lose my shit over that when that issue came out. I was like, why oh. was no one talking about this? He's holding it at him right there. <laughs> <laughs> so they're standing there in the rain. Peter is ready to like do what needs to be done to put this thing down. And then it goes, you shouldn't have lied, Peter. And this just like, what? It rolls back to show Eddie's face. No, and- it doesn't roll back. Eddie's face pops out of his Forehead. Oh fuck! You're yeah. right. Oh, yeah. It pokes. Jesus. It pokes out of the forehead. Yeah, uh, that way his mouth is, so is his disturbing. Neck. Yeah, yeah. It's so disturbing of an image Ugh. that you see the faint pattern yeah. of Eddie's face popping out first, and then Eddie's uh, face just pops out. Oh, it's yeah, so bad. it's so gross. And Our then it cuts into this really. Me. You will too. It's so good. So now, now Jacob has his Norman Osborne impression (laughs) and his Venom impression. We are steadily building out a Sinister Six through Jacob. The Twitter famous. uh, You are Twitter famous for for that Goblin impression. I just want you to know. You were dropped this week on Twitter. You might have to. You might have to get a fucking Twitter so I can finally tag you in this shit. Uh, Not probably not after this episode when I get all the hate mail. I don't know. I think we're wearing you down. So um, (laughs) it then cuts to this really interesting uh, double page spread that I wasn't really into when I first read it. Because I'm like, why are we just, what is this? The framing device for this issue is really interesting. Malcolm, speak on it, because I think you'll be able to articulate it better than I would. It's, it goes back to the tape that Peter was watching of of, uh, disheveled Richard. Uh, looking a little haggard, as Jacob eloquently put earlier. Um, it goes back to that tape, and it's it's Richard talking about uh, talking about the suit, saying, you know, the first recorded mention of cancer came around 1600 BC, Egypt. Not a lot of people know that, you know. And it's talking about cancer and the history of cancer, uh, even down to like the word. And then he says, you know, and when I was a kid, you got cancer, you died, and now you have a fighting chance. But for me, it's not good enough. It is not a battle won. I want cancer gone. When I was a kid, I watched my bull of a father wither away in front of my eyes, and I had no idea why. Now all I want to do is, before I die 
is I want to make sure that no other kid has to see what I saw. I never want another boy to watch his father die and not understand why. <sighs> which is Chills. which is beautiful and upsetting. Yeah. Um, and then it goes, and so this entire issue is overlaid with that conversation or with that with that monologue that uh that Richard Parker gives on that tape. Yeah. It's I mean, there's barely any actual dialogue because it's just a big fight issue. Um, yep. and so you get a lot of that going through this, and a lot, and it's him specifically speaking to people. Yeah. And this, which is really interesting. Um, it's, it's upsetting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it really is. upsetting thing. And yeah. it's very, you know, hindsight is 2020 of Always. a speech, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, that's when we get to the fight. And so the next page we get is my background for the week. Hell I yeah. I love this. Oh, Monster man. Venom on, on four, <laughs> on four legs. Four, looking He's like a rocking, fucking gorilla. Yeah. Looking like a giant, massive, like gorilla grog looking motherfucker. <laughs> With like the teeth and the tendrils coming off of him. And it's the tendrils so have cool. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so like, gross. It's disgusting looking. Yeah. And that's how Venom should be. Anyway. Though again, I I want to call attention to this because this is still at a point where the Ultimate Universe is still being built. Because Richard Parker mentions like... You know, the suit, we were treading ground no one even come near before. Not Reed Richards, not yeah. Tony Stark, not mm-hmm. and these other names. Reed Richards, I, at this point, I'm assuming, was supposed to be a contemporary of Richard Parker, of Tony Stark, and then ended up becoming a contemporary of Peter's. Yeah. Again, in the next issue, we're going to talk about this a little bit. Oh, I'm going to bring up a thing we're okay. going to talk about in the next issue. But technically reed richards has been seen at this point okay we'll get to it in a second he says you know it failed i failed the suit was our shot kiddo i thought we had it we thought we cured it on paper it was there and ah man i just (laughs) i it's it's sad it's sad and so the fight begins as malcolm said and eddie has the raw strength eddie has the Advantage the when it cut the raw, wrathful anger. Yeah, that's the to thing. Go after is that him. Eddie has the anger, but Pete has experience. Exactly, he catches the tendril when it comes at him. Yeah. That is one of the it's like, top look. ten, one of the most badass things that Spider Man has ever done. Yeah, it's him catching that tendril right there and be like, "Hey, I'm talking to you." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so cool. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and so, so it good. jumps at him, uh, and the two of them go to battle. It is. A full knockdown drag out brawl on the football field. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the little side panel of the teacher, the geometry teacher, yeah, saying, yeah. I know I am biased because this is my class, but I don't think there's anything more exciting than basic geometry. And then you turn to the next page and Pierce ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is so good. Much needed levity in this issue. Is it's that kinda, one panel? Like <laughs> this very much reminds me of like an amazing Spider-Man with uh Spider Man fighting the lizard and Stanley is with headphones. The best like, Stanley cameo. It's the best Stanley uh, cameo ever. Uh, it might be the best Stanley cameo. Yeah. It might be. It might be the best one. So ever. Peter is trying to reach Eddie. He's trying to, you know, speak to his humanity. Eddie fights it for a second. Yeah. But then it begins eating him again and tries to get back in, under control. And 
Peter's like, I got to get him out of here. So he starts leading him away into the city and they go to fight on top of a roof and it tackles him off the roof straight down to the street below through some power lines. Oh man. Electricity going once again. Even the tendrils are throwing out webs. That was like the yeah. thing for me was just yeah. like when it's swinging around, it was just like, yeah. oh man, that's not good. Because he has no control. <laughs> yeah. It's he has no control. Yeah. But it's also, but it's also a lot of his brain of it right. because, you know, this isn't the suit that was on Peter. That's right. has gone. Yeah. So right. it's a lot of. Ed- in spider-man mode i need to get him how does spider-man travel he travels around on webs i need to travel on webs like it's it's an interesting inference thing there but that's for sure it's an interesting fight yeah Yeah. agreed and so he you know the electrical line seems to put uh venom out for a moment Peter's just like oh man okay eddie thank god and then i love this little like jump scare yeah where the suit wakes up before eddie does and it envelops Peter just for yeah. a moment, though. And Peter's like fighting his way out, fighting through the teeth and the, the goo. Yeah. And like the way finally... they stage it, too, in the comic of like, oh, it envelops him. And then it's just black panel, yeah. then black panel. And then a little bit of Peter poking out. And then he's out for a little bit. And then he sinks back in and black panel. Like, I, I love the staging of that. That's oh, great. good dramatic oh. tension in comic book storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. How and- does it feel now? Look at you now. Look at you now. A thief and a liar. You knew Parker. You knew my father had created. My father was a genius. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't looked up to watch your face do that. That was was a real treat. So Peter (laughs) manages to bust out just for a moment. And I love that it's just shouting like needs you, needs you. Like, oh, it's so cool. And Peter just picks up a tire or a wheel and just whacks him across the face, knocks off a tongue. Yep. Knocks the he tongue bites, right he off. He bites him. off the tongue and the teeth yes. go too. Yeah. Oh my God. The throwing of the tire and just the teeth and he bit off his own tongue. That was That's amazing. I've never sick. seen that before. That's awesome. So Peter continues the fight with the hot electrical wires dancing around them. Cops show Which up. If, if you're from Tucson, you know that those are very dangerous. Very yeah, dangerous right? indeed. They turn into right? they Never turn into handed, snakes. They turn into rattlesnakes. Out. Yeah, and they shoot fi- li- lightning bolts. <laughs> that's, that's oh, what I happened. forgot. Stay oh, safe. God. Stay alive. <laughs> stay, safe. Oh, yeah. stay alive. Stay safe. Stay alive. They still yeah. play, they still play that same. Do they? they? Yes, they yes. do. Oh, it is the one from no. 1994. Yeah, it's the that's same exact same one. It's yeah. so good. So with the um, same animatics of the snake, you're like, ah, it's got like lightning coming out. And they, yeah. they reverse the effect. That's what's great. Yeah, they, they reverse it. it and then they yeah. reverse it to make it look like it's still like alive. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So cops show up, guns cool. drawn. They're like, fucking get on the ground. And he's like, no, 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 hold on. And the guys just start firing. Pete jumps out of the way. Typical New York police cops again just and they are just mm-hmm. firing at him firing at him it backs him up straight into an electrical line and oh. it just i love the look of this it bursts out through his chest like with how high voltage it is and he yeah. seemingly like explodes 
And this is when the Richard Parker monologue takes back over. Right. And he's like, oh, Peter, I have all these things in my head. And it, it's, you know, a really sad thing of a father talking to his son, kind of seemingly for the last time. You know, it's it's very Jor-El leaving the crystal for kal yeah. you know. And, and it's totally while you're getting applicable. this heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you know, you're going to find that there are people in the world, people who are going to look at you and say, why is this person like this? Why did this person do that to themselves? And I swear to you, if you stare at them for 50 years, you'll never understand why they are the way they are. Oh. Which is an amazing counter argument to Eddie. Eddie's bullshit speech yeah. of the five years from now, not 10, not 50, five years from now, you're not even going to remember any of this. You're not going to remember their names. It's a really good I... counterbalance to that. Oh, it's oh, such yeah. good writing. Such Thank good writing. you. Thank you. This volume is fucking good. <laughs> and so, and the, the line continues, I just want to read this. It's like, I have people like that in my life. People who are, who just are their own worst enemy. And this is all like on top of Peter trying to escape from the cops again. And instead of dealing with it, coming to terms with it, all they do is lash out at you, blame you for their own problems, for their own whatevers. Don't let them, Peter. Don't let other people blame you for what they do to themselves. I feel that as your father, that I have to warn you of the chaotic mess you're growing up into. Mm -hmm. And it is a mess. People everywhere reacting without thinking, lashing out. They don't even know why. Huh, that's topical. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because everyone trying to be more than they are, which would be fine if they actually earned it. But more and more, it isn't the case. And that's what drives me nuts. That's what drives me nuts. I find myself surrounded by people who will do or say anything just for the appearance that they are better than they are, more than they are. Never for a second do they actually try to be better. They just want to appear better. They want to be special without going through the trouble of actually earning it. And it's just, ugh. It's this, he's trying to impart all these lessons onto his son. And he's like, I'm just, I'm so, you know, tired of all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I get to come home to you and to your mother. And he's like, just knowing I get to watch you become the man I know you will grow up to be, all this other stuff just doesn't matter. I can't wait to see how you turn out. And it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Genuinely as, heartbreaking. as we realize that Peter has been playing this in his room yeah. after yeah. he just got back from this fight. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he's broken. Absolutely Peter broken. is a broken mess after this. And, and no so, joke, I thought this was the end of the volume. I did too. I, I did really too. thought this was the end. I really did. But there's it still one more like, issue. There is still, still one more issue. It yeah, feels I can't like believe it. That's yeah. the best thing. Is that that feels like such a good cathartic ending, and yet you still yeah. have to get the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This this whole like this whole like overblown like end credit sequence. That's this next vault. That's this next issue for me. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, there's still more, and we're oh okay, all right. I thought. That was a good ending right there. And so speaking anyway, of post-credit scenes, Nick Fury yeah. is yeah, sitting. Nice. At, thank you. Is sitting at this appropriately, you know, outdoor dining place, <laughs> and uh, he gets a little <laughs> message from his Shield people who are like, "Hey, you know, this is what's going on. There's a little, a little disturbance in your area." He's like, "Okay." So he leaves, pays his bill, tips his waiter. I'm sure. Oh, well, and walks in the alleyway and hits his watch and this little pulse goes out and immediately 
Peter drops into a nearby dumpster. Classic. Nick Fury has power dampening tech. On his person. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Ultimate Nick Fury is the scariest fucking person. Ultimate Nick Fury is not a good person. No. <laughs> he is he is genuinely a scary some bitch. Yeah. And he- so he basically they talk a little about what happened, and Peter is just like, I want you to take my powers away. I don't want them anymore. I don't want Spider-Man. I don't want any of this. I want my I want this to stop and I want to go back to my life. And Nick Fury's like, no, I'm not gonna let you do that. And so they go back and forth. Peter's like, I want to be a civilian. I don't need this. And Nick Fury's like, you it's like, where's where is the guy that you were dealing with? Did you kill him? And Peter says, I don't know. He's like, you don't know where he is, or you don't know if you killed him. He says, I think I killed him. It's like, you think you killed him? Where's the body? And then Nick Fury gives a total fourth wall breaking response. I love where it. Where he says, yeah. Kid, there's not too many actual rules to this game of ours, but one of the big ones is if there's no corpse, the guy's alive. The guy's alive. Yeah. And so Peter's like, I killed someone. I need you to do the right thing. You need to take these powers away. He's like, I heard you. And he's like, I don't want this. And he basically says, you know, oh, you told me that I was going to be your prisoner because I was an illegal genetic mutation. And Nick Fury's like, no, I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) He's like, oh, yes, you did. And he's just like, you're too young to be involved with the big boys. There will be plenty of time and opportunity for you to hear later. Direct quotes. He says that when you come of age, you'll be a part of my team. I said you'll, you're in line to be part of one of the finest organizations the world's ever seen. You'll work alongside all these people. He's like, you're going to be one of the greats. And he's like, look, I wanted you to just enjoy being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, essentially is what he's saying. Yes. Enjoy, enjoy your youth. youth. And he's... Which, real quick, we were talking about like uh, like things that trigger. That is something my uncle has been saying all of my life. Like he says that to all yeah. of all, all the nephews and nieces and grandkids and everything like that. It enjoy is, your youth. Is, yes, is enjoy your youth. He would like he would sign that was his that was his sign off in birthday cards, in Christmas cards, and everything like that. It's <laughs> just like every birthday, actually. Every birthday he would write down is like, enjoy your youth, love your uncle. That is that that is so true and still radiance with me to this point of just mm-hmm. like the, that is. That is it because you it's absolutely true of what Nick Fury is saying in in this in this sense. And it just it wasn't until like I read this comic that I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize that was like an actual phrase that everyone gets, you know. It's like oh yeah, very cool. So yeah, that that's a triggering word. I tell kids that all the time, I ain't gonna lie. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well we 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 tell everyone because we're old people. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. So welcome to the boomer podcast here to us that your grandparents like totally get into i read ultimate spider-man when i was a kid oh man only only my favorite character is aunt may (laughs) (laughs) oh boy was she hot oh man if only i was 20 years younger (laughs) (laughs) so um nick fury's basically like look take some time off you're freaking out and peter this shocked me he just turns to him. He's like, how did my parents die? 
and Nick Fury said he's he says you know when did they die it's like 10 years ago he's like I have no idea how they died but the framing of that is really odd and I don't know how to feel about how odd that framing is because he's like I have no idea how they died and Peter goes yes you do and Fury just says, like, well, know, one minute I'm your shrink, and the next I killed your parents. Kid, 10 years ago, I was in college in India. My parents died when I was a kid, too. It sucks. It will always suck. And then, you know, he tries to talk him off the ledge a little bit. But there yeah. is something very odd about that scene. Yes. Yeah. He's like, you just go home. And he's like, I, I didn't mean to suggest. And Fury's like, yeah, you did. It's okay. I know what's going on. And they shake hands, and he's like, next time you want to talk to me, make an appointment, or I'll shoot you. Ultimate Nick Fury is really cool. Ultimate, Ultimate Nick Fury is really scary. <laughs> because a beautiful thing that they do with 616 Nick Fury, when there was regular 616 Nick Fury, was that you could tell that that guy had like secrets, but he was probably going to tell you what the secrets are. Ultimate Nick Fury has a lot of secrets. He's all secrets. Yeah, and you don't know a single damn one of them. You don't know anything about that guy. Yeah, you don't know shit about Ultimate Nick Fury. He won't tell you. Yeah, this that this this it feels it's it's very funny to say this, but like he very feels like Samuel Jackson as as Nick Fury. Like it's so (laughs) odd, like seeing this pre uh, not pre the MCU. You know, it's it's very like this is the antithesis. The the thing with that is that they immediately make you like Nick Fury because of Samuel Jackson. Yep. And so you immediately trust him and then they don't even play with that. They just say, no, like we'll give you reason to trust him. Yeah. Sure. He has these phase two weapons, but like, it's actually for a pretty good idea. Like, don't, don't worry. It's not for a bad thing. Yeah. You know, like sure. Hydra is, you know, all in shield, but like Nick Fury didn't know about it. You know, he's a pretty good yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, like they, they, they do a really good job of like making you say like, no, Nick Fury is a pretty good dude. Yeah. He seems like he's a bad dude, but he's a good dude. Yeah. This Nick Fury is a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to straight up tell you that right now. He 100%. does good things for Peter throughout this run, but he is a bad guy. This so, feels like he he feels like James Bond after he's done doing the secret agent thing. It's if James Bond became M. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yes. It's exactly yes. if they hired him up and became yes. the new M. Yeah. So Peter heads back to Isu and <laughs> goes to. Uh, Bless you. Thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. And goes to Eddie's dorm room. Because he's like, look, I just I have to face the responsibility of this. He goes in there and the room's cleared out. Eddie's roommate's there. He's like, look, like Eddie like cleared all this stuff out. He left. And Peter is shocked by this. And again, this is another one of those never meet your heroes kind of moments where the roommates <laughs> bit just like, no offense to you or nothing, but Eddie's kind of an asshole. Like, I mean, the guy was just a loser. Like, he was always lying about stuff. Stuff that was so obviously lies. It was like he wanted us to know how full of crap he was. Plus, he was always hitting on girls, which is fine. But he always got so psycho about it when they turned him down, which was like, of course, all the time. So he's pretty much psycho all the time. And again, it's that moment where he, Peter recognizes like, oh, shit. He was a bad guy. He was a really bad guy. Mm-hmm. So he dips back into the lab to try and see if there are any other samples when 
someone clicks a light on. It's Dr. Kurt Connors. Which we should uh, emphasize, he has been mentioned throughout this volume. We didn't he really, has. Yes. Yeah. As he Eddie's, called Eddie Brock. Yeah. Yeah. As Eddie's teacher. He has. Yeah. Uh, this is amazing. And this so this moment right here. Great scene. <laughs> Incredibly tense. And so the two of them are talking and he's like, I saw you on the seat. I saw you on the TV. You're Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Spider-Man. Good for you. And he's like, you've met, we've met before you and I, right? You saved my life. And I'm reading this going, bitch, when? Yeah. So yeah. that is when, this is what I've been talking about. We saw Daredevil's face. We saw Wolverine's face. We've seen Reed Richards. At the same time as Ultimate Spider-Man is coming out, there is a book called Ultimate Marvel Team-Up. Uh, which is Ultimate Spider-Man. There's Ultimate Spider-Man teaming up with a different hero every uh, issue or two issues. Uh, okay. So the first issue is Ultimate Spider-Man teaming up with Wolverine to fight Sabretooth. Oh. The second issue is Ultimate Spider-Man teaming up with the Fantastic Four, oh. which is like classic Marvel Fantastic Four because before they realized what they wanted to do. Then there's yeah. two issues where he teams up with Iron Man, which is like classic Marvel Iron Man, because it's before they realize what they want to do with Ultimates. Right. Uh, then there is a Punisher story, wow. uh, which leads into a Punisher and Daredevil story. Uh, and then after that is a Spider-Man and Man-Thing team up, uh, teaming up to fight the Lizard. So the lizard is first introduced in the Ultimate Universe in Marvel Ultimate Team Up. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. As is uh Tooth. As is again the Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, right. oh, there's a Hulk one too. There's a Hulk issue too. I, okay. Wow. That's there's wild. a Ultimate Spider-Man Hulk issue. Uh drawn by Phil Hester. That's the Ooh. that's Two the issues. one drawn by nice. Phil Hester. That's they were talking about the Hulk on the radio yes. when the when the, yes. the, the maid was coming in to 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 clean up before she encountered uh, Eddie. Yes. Yeah. So, I was wondering about that. That is what all that stuff is. That's, oh. And it's it's that all those stories take place kind of between like volumes like two and five mm-hmm. for yeah. the most part. So yes, <laughs> canonically he has met interesting. Canonically, it has helped him with his lizard stuff. That's crazy. Uh, and so that is why we saw those faces earlier in that page. That's okay. why we see Wolverine. That's why we see Daredevil. Because he has met those characters. It's just not in this book. Okay. That's it so is funny. in the tie-in adjacent book. Uh, so we get a quick yeah. cut to, I'm assuming, that story where we see yes. the lizard. Yeah. I'm yes. glad they included at least like a flashback for those of us who didn't read it. And doesn't yeah. he look different? He, he looks, looks like terrifying. He looks like the sea devils from Doctor Who. That's some scary looking cross with like <laughs> the trench, like the crocodile. Yeah, the trench. It's very. He has a very yeah, the, trench the trench, or I guess yeah. the trench have a very ultimate uh, lizard look. Yeah, yeah, sure. So they plus man just... things in that story. That's fucking cool. What? Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, it's no, it, it is Spider Man and Man Thing. Oh my god, that's so cool! Fighting the lizard. Yes. Real quick, listeners. Uh, Man Thing is my second favorite uh, Marvel character of all time. That's here. not a, second that's not a surprise. favorite. That's yes. not uh, second to Howard the Duck. That's not a surprise at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all not right. a surprise at all. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so they have this conversation about essentially about like your sentence about what happens when you make the wrong decision you get punished and he's you know talking about i was punished for my sins like he says i mean i don't know you but to look at you it certainly looks like your life is no tip throw tiptoe through the tulips and he sees you know we seem dead set on turning ourselves into little monsters don't we wonder why that is it's all the rage all of a sudden and all of us every one of us is so busy running around trying to beat each other to the finish line that no one notices the big sign from god that says stop messing with my stuff i love this drunken rambling it's so one good. of the best speeches it taps into that spy kids to steve buscemi speech yeah. energy and then just <laughs> amplifies it times 10 yeah <laughs> which is awesome oh, it's man. that but make it angry <laughs> and i yeah. my favorite part of this whole thing is peter goes um or uh connor says it looks like he referring to peter's dad might have been the architect the pioneer of this horrible decade of genetic nightmares and peter goes how could you say that my father was trying to cure cancer and doc connor's goes now well einstein wasn't trying to invent the atomic bomb just kind of worked out just kind of worked out that way yeah oh my god such good scripting and then that's when he falls into drunken stupor and is just like "Uh, i was sorry You really need to watch oh, the whole time he was the whole time he was talking he poured like five shots just knocking Easily, them back in this knocking was, them back so good it was like my favorite it was so good it's just so great and then you get the proper end of the story so peter bursts out of the skylight he is frustrated he's at the end of his rope and yeah he didn't get, even he didn't even lift it or anything he nope, just fucking straight through finish straight through the, the window there and as he's you know, trying to process everything, we see a shadowy figure watching him. Oh. Peter's oh. spider sense goes off. He turns around, says, Eddie, 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 please, if that's you, he jumps up to where it was. No one's there. He says, I feel responsible. I feel I can help you, Eddie. Please let me help you, Eddie. And he looks around and no one's there. There is no running or no helping what has happened. Guys, how are you going to tell me this volume is bad? This volume fucking rocks. This this volume fucks. I'm going to say it. It fucks. This volume fucks. I reserve my comment until the end of this. (laughs) So, um, we also get for, you know, those of you who have the collections, a little Spider-Man one half. Which is like oh, just like cool. a little. I didn't know that was yeah. in this. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cute. So yeah. it's like just a little bonus thing of like the uh, the Daily Bugle just doing their thing, and yeah. it's a very interesting, a very interesting story. Shit, about... I didn't even get that. I don't even know what oh. that is. That's weird. That so is it's... only in like print copies because that oh. was originally uh, the half issues were things done in Wizard Magazine. Hey, oh, hey. So it's Ultimate Spider-Man one half. Yeah, which I I think I have. A... It's a, it's a daily bugle you know centric story where they're recounting this shoplifting story that also introduces ultimate danny rand oh god that's awesome uh-huh. oh, that's funny uh-huh. who does oh, battle wow. with spidey the two of them coming together under a misunderstanding um and it's a really interesting story about 
you know, don't judge a book by its color, profiling, and also like leaping before you look. And I thought it was a really cool little mini story. So as we're wrapping up, big issue, lots to talk about, obviously. Um, What were your final, what are your final thoughts on the volume and what, uh, what was your favorite part? I'll go to Malcolm first. Uh, Like I said, I love this volume. I think this volume works really well. I think it's awesome. Um, I, this is, this is the best take on Venom for me, like on Eddie Brock and on Venom, uh, other than, you know, Agent Venom. Just, uh, if I'm talking about Venom, just assume I'm not talking about Agent Venom. Um, (laughs) This is, this is the best take. I think it's, it brings it down to an earth level, an earthbound level, like you said earlier, Eric, but I think it works really well. And just the catharsis around it, tying it into peter's birth origin you know mm-hmm. not not the origin of spider-man but the origin of peter parker uh, i think works really well i think it, it it and tying that into the general overall theme of the ultimate universe which is bio enhancement and right. the genetic arms race um i think just works so well and is so interesting and it it it, it, it it's it's great i think it's really well handled i think it's really cool take um Favorite part, it's either the conversation between MJ and uh, Peter yeah. or the conversation between Peter and Connors or the conversation between Peter and uh, and Nick Fury. Like those three conversations, I think, are very formative conversations that happen in this volume that you need in this volume, which is pretty intense. Like this, this yeah. is, I think, maybe the most intense personal volume that we've had so far. Yeah. Um, but you need those conversations not just to ground the, not just to ground the characters, but also to ground the superhero-ness of it. Like it's pretty, you know, extreme, pretty bombastic, even with this intensity, it's very superhero story. Uh, yeah. But you need those conversations to make, to bring it to a ground level. Um, and those are three very earnest conversations of, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't be with you because your life is dangerous or your life just isn't what I want you should enjoy your youth because one day it's going to be gone and never trust a man who wears a tie, (laughs) which I think is just brilliant. Like I, 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 and I love the haunting specter of Richard Parker across this entire volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this is is really the first time this is Richard Parker done. Right. Yeah. This is kind of the first time that Richard Parker uh, is a presence in this book. Um, Mm -hmm. he hasn't really been like the Parkers haven't really been, you know, Monique hasn't really been a presence. And that was a joke only for me. Um, he, he hasn't really been a presence in this book so far. It's really been very much about Ben. And so I like bringing it back to, you know, Peter has parent issues as well. Peter's parents were taken from him and that's a hard thing as a kid. Um, you know, and so it really goes into that in a really wonderful way. And thinking, you know, at, at the beginning of this volume, like he starts off, even though he's down because he broke up with MJ, still he starts off in a higher place of like, you know, I'm connecting with my history, I'm connecting with my roots. And by the end of this, he's completely broken again as a human. Um, I said it before, you know, up to volume three, volume three is the origin of a hero. Um, and then the next few volumes are really breaking down what does it mean to be a hero? What are the consequences of being a hero? And this is not the end of that, but this is 
this is a continuation of that. Um, yeah. It's very much, if, if you want to say the first three volumes of Ultimate Spider-Man are the origin movie, there's Spider-Man 1. Spider-Man 2 is volumes 4 through this? Uh, the next volume. 4 through 6. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Jacob. <sighs> um, yeah, I still hate Venom. But uh, from from all this, yeah. But um, you know, before reading, going back on this and rereading it, um, the 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 definitive version that I think that is best interpretive that interpret this character uh, is Spectacular Spider-Man, where they Ah, kind of blended both this storyline with the original uh with space goo yeah that, that, that he is yeah. yeah yeah it's it's very much yeah it's very much a good blend of it because yeah. you know peter knows eddie uh has a history with eddie has, you know yeah, it's, exactly. it's very much a blend of those two takes for for, for me yeah. that the remastered version of this story is that that in terms of a perfection of a full three-dimensional character with being an antithesis to spider-man is essentially that that version as well as um but aside from that, the, the only time I've ever really like really loved Venom or loved that it really tolerated yeah. Venom was pretty much um, any video game that involved him, like Web of Shadows mm. and all that other stuff. Web and, of Shadows, uh, Spider-Man, stuff. Shattered Dimension. Well, not the Shattered Dimensions, but the yeah, because there's yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because you that's get to right. play as yeah, 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 that's right. And, uh, but Ultimate and, and Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man was definitely the one that like made me go like, all right, I guess I'll get through this game just to like this con this does make sense. Yeah. But um I um I don't like I will say I don't like Agent Venom that much to, like Malcolm does because of the it's it's Flash Thompson, right? As mm-hmm. as Agent Venom. Yeah, I never liked Flash Thompson. And because just because he's always been a bully. And he, and he, and what happened to him, I was just like, good, good. That's what happens. That's what happens to you. And, but at the same time, it was very interesting. And I liked, I liked ancient venom when he was part of the guardians of the galaxy. That was kind of cool. That's um, why I like ancient venom the least. Yeah. Oh, good. Ah, see, <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> venom, venom in space makes sense to me more so than venom being anywhere near earth. Uh, I I just don't I just don't like for some reason it that has always been the the oddball for me because Venom has always been like the stitch of this of the Disney universe for me in the sense of like why is this alien trying to be a part and be cute of this of this wholesome like company that's been trying to force this and and like every family has one so this but this volume. I will say is the best in reimagining of this character you can put together. Um, I could not for, for, for the life of me, I could not get over the whole um, bio suit thing because I was like, there is no, no one is that clever and smart to build this thing until you mention that it's like the Batha tank from star Wars. Then it hit me. Then that was the point because up until that point, I thought it was like a covering him in mud and putting him in like an incubator, basically to to heal them. But this, I get it. But this, like, but the bath tank makes way more sense 
of like that kind of like uh, fluid that actually attaches instead of it being water and just like having to breathe through it. Yeah. Um, this is also kind of this same idea that they're going to, that they teased at the end of uh, the PS5 Spider-Man. Um, this, yes. Yeah. This, this volume has all the antithesis of what this character should be and what it should be. And um, I completely uh, tolerate it for this. That, uh, I, I, <laughs> I'll I, take it. That's I'll, a win for me, baby. No, yeah. The, the, this was the thing where it made me realize, like, uh, I was just like, even going through it with you guys, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is really the, we would not, we would not have gotten the way Venom is in like other forms of media without this interpretation. Um, yeah. This reimagining is definitely a more tolerable version and better, um, better way of saying than 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 space goo. Um, <laughs> uh, with that, my favorite moment is my favorite two moments is Eddie Brock confronting Peter when he catches him stealing the, uh, the putting back or putting back the the vial back into the into the, the mm. locker that whole conversation between the two of them is very very fantastic um well written all around this is like the best that this brian michael bendis has ever written any any spider-man this is the best right here uh, in terms of this volume it's not my favorite volume but it is the best volume written uh and uh the other favorite part is doc connor's um, Doc Connors at the end is is so well resolved. Uh, it's pretty much sums everything that has been said on that tape of like uh, that Richard Parker has been saying. And I, I just love, I also love uh, that, that side of Kirk Connors that we've never seen before. He's always been this wholesome family guy. And he's always see, been clean. Yeah, he's always been a clean, like wholesome, like scientist. And to see him like sitting there knocking back shots of whiskey, talking to this guy, being reasonable, <laughs> while getting drunk is fantastic. Um, it, it's so brilliant. Um, I am gonna say that this, I did see, I have read this. And I think the reason why I stopped reading right around here was because um, I didn't understand the whole, why did Spider-Man meet, when did Spider-Man meet Daredevil? When did he meet the lizard? All this other stuff. That was the one thing I hate about comics is when they always introduce another title that you have to go read in order to get the full uh, aspect of the entire story. Yeah. And um, I think I tried to, I think I tried to find it, but I just couldn't find it. So um, I think this is where I kind of like gave, gave up a little bit. And, um, but yeah, still hate Venom, but this, this is a great interpretation, reimagining of this character. That is, that is something I can get behind. Oh yeah. I, I completely agree with you guys. Like this is what Jacob said about, I think this is the best written volume so far. Um, oh, yeah. It is, it took something that I was familiar with, but didn't love. And they really made it, they, they did the best thing that they could do, which is make it personal. They made this, they made the story of the symbiote, a personal tragedy which is not what the original symbiote was and why I think it rings so hollow every single time it's adapted. This feels personal. This feels like yeah. something that not only 
only Peter is able to go through, but Peter is responsible for. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened if Peter mm. hadn't done this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so poignant about the ending is that Peter is left alone because of his choices and his actions. Mm-hmm. His sins have caught up to him. And I love that. Absolutely adore it. Um, the book is surprising me. Every single week we read a new volume and every single week I'm impressed <laughs> yeah. more and more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The art is gorgeous. The treatment of the symbiote of Venom as a Cronenberg Carpenter style villain and monster is terrifying. And I'm excited to see more of it because yeah. this can't be it. This can't be no. the end. Well, we got to play the video game now. That's true. That's true. That's what sucks now. Get on is that those I... GameCube modulators. Get your PS2 if it still works and just pop that sucker right in there. Don't forget <laughs> they, your memory why card. Why they haven't made like just a port of it. I will never understand. Right there with you. Because Ultimate Spider-Man isn't a thing. Boo. Yeah. But uh, my favorite part, genuinely, Gwen Stacy. I fucking love Gwen Stacy. I have always been a Gwen Stacy guy. You can go back through every single time Spider-Man is mentioned on this podcast. I have been a Gwen Stacy guy forever. I am so glad to hear that because I I love this version of Gwen specifically. And I love love that you love Gwen. She is very different. She's very different. Um, I made the the comparison, you know, a, a couple weeks back about... Gwen Stacy and Aerith Gainsborough are the same person. Yeah. And it's it rings true for me. Um, but I love Firecracker Gwen Stacy. I love the fact that she has agency. I love the fact that she has boundaries. I love the fact that she is just a good person. She's a good person and a good friend. Yeah. And every scene with her is so dynamic, so rich in character. And I'm so excited that we get more time with her. She's awesome. I'm so excited that we get more time with her. So good. Yeah. Um, she's the best. She rules. So um, second runner up is, of course, that that con- that notebook esque conversation between Peter and uh, MJ. A great conversation. So great. Good. So I mean, good. just upsetting. Absolutely. It's ter- it's it's terrifying to have these two people who, you know, are so meant for each other not be on the same page not be able to figure it out yeah and for and for the right reasons mm-hmm. right it's exactly completely logical it's yeah. not there's, like this is a dumb no, fight it's not like mm-hmm. this there's no fault right it's just completely ideological and no one's wrong difference there. no and one's wrong no one's wrong no one's wrong both, both sides are very correct yeah. yeah but yeah absolutely loved this um and i'm super excited to continue going to see where peter goes next so that wraps up volume six. Next week, we're going to volume seven, baby. And volume seven is titled Irresponsible. And is that, is that yeah. Storm? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So this is going to be um, <laughs> issues 40 through 45. So six issues total. Uh, and the synopsis goes like this. An all-new villain explodes on the scene, literally. But how can Spider-Man fight a new mysterious foe named Geldof if he can't even find a costume? And will Peter and Mary Jane finally just say what they feel? Guest starring the Ultimate X-Men! So... 
That's really cool. Next week's volume is as controversial as this one is. It might be the most controversial volume of all to us, by the way. Really? Really? It weird. might be the most controversial volume of all to us, by the way. Interesting. That's weird. And okay. by the end of it, only one name is going to be on your lips. And that name is Geldof, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love Geldof. I have no I idea. I have never heard of Geldof. He, he is, is a probably... purely ultimate comics character. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. So our first purely. original villain is coming First up original here. villain. That's awesome. Cool. Geldof is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Geldof is great. Oh, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, look forward to the Geldof Power Hour next week. Oh, same boy. geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. Uh, Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we, and we will see you next time. Never trust so, a man in a tie. cannot describe you hate it so much and like oh my gosh the passion of a thousand sons is not even close to what the spew of venom ha that venom. i feel for this for this venom this venom, venom 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 it's that adrenaline momentum you never know what's gonna hit them you know is that a, is that a song <laughs>